Yes, stop, stop, stop. Who's here? Uh, who is here? We have... Ke well, you're Keza, you know that. Brilliant! <laughs> I'm here, I am your recorder, and I'm the guy on... Oh, okay. I'm here, but I'm and not I'm here. here. Rina is here. I was about to say who I was, but I almost forgot my name. I almost said I'm Billy. I don't know why. <laughs> why? 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 So, who's here? Say hello. Hello, Deathrill is here. Aaron's yeah. here if he's not asleep. Hey. Hey. I won't have it again. Rena is here. She was like the Wizard of Oz momentarily. Rena, are you here? Rena, if you're saying yes, we can't hear you. He's saying I am the great and powerful Oz. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. I was about to say that. Sorry, P.S. Great minds think alike. Oh, I, I, I am the great and powerful Wizard of Oz. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yep. Rena, yep. you sound like you're in the basement. You sound like you're in the dryer. Bite me. I was getting really mad because I was trying to tell a story. Was it on mute? No, it wasn't on mute. Well, I have to right ask. Now. What a wank. And I was getting really, really mad because everybody was talking over Don't me. Don't you hate that and you start swearing at people for being rude to you? And I think the funniest one I remember was Ryan and Meg were trying to read the words on my icon. And I was like telling them 50 times what it said. <laughs> And I was on mute. My favorite one is Halloween, where Melinda oh, yeah. asked me a question, and I'm answering it, and you're imitating me, and they're like, where did she go? Where is she? And I'm sitting there going, can you hear me? Can anybody hear me? We yes, can hear we can you. Hear yes. you. Keza, um, since you seem to have the best connection and can Ironically. tell if Brenna sounds like she's in the bucket, if you want to start with that. <laughs> yeah, um, can we just hold one second? Get out. <laughs> just leave. Oh, it's just like a bloodbath in here today. Mr. Keza walks in right as you go, Keza, you're in charge. And he walks in rustling <laughs> a plastic bag. <laughs> and now, I had a lovely another car accident this morning. Police showed up, fire truck showed up, ambulance showed up. It was lovely and embarrassing. Nah, I'm fine. Could have been worse. I got hit by a deer the other day. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, we were driving down the road and this deer like literally ran into the car. But it ran into it and hit it at just the right spot so that it deployed all of the airbags. Nice. <laughs> And the thing is, the deer didn't even leave a dent in the car, okay? <laughs> it was just the airbag deploying deer. Just the airbags deployed. And, like, all of the side, the seat, the front, the roof, like, all of the airbags deployed. We have a big SUV, and apparently it is so expensive to replace airbags in these cars. They totaled the car. Like, well, there is no damage yeah. to the outside of the vehicle, but it's totaled, and we're getting a full reimbursement because <laughs> all the airbags went off. They had to replace all of the seats. They were going to have to replace the entire dash, like the steering column, and then the, the dashboard, and they were going to have to replace the roof. How many airbags <laughs> so, does the car have? A lot, apparently. <laughs> I only thought the airbags were in the steering wheel, and then on yeah. the passenger oh, side, no, they were in, no, in the whole no, no, no. thing. You they have are side, behind the car. Side curtain airbags. They call huh. it total crash protection or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Steers been studying vehicles for years, trying to figure out the exact right point to hit it. Right. And as soon as it hits your car, it just it, it shouted shouted in deer speak. Eureka! I have found it finally. Right. Exactly. So, so we're driving <laughs> the road. Driving, well, driving, all driving. I can think is that the deer is some sort of ninja that knows just the right <laughs> point to. Yeah. Driving, 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 and then all of a sudden, like we didn't even know what happened. There's just this thunk, and then all of a sudden, all the airbags deploy. Well, generally, when airbags are deployed, you're not supposed to be still driving the vehicle, so you can't <laughs> <Yeah>. see <laughs> anything. 
because there's just airbags everywhere. Like, you can't see out the windows. You can't see out the dash. And so we're, like, swerving all over the road trying to stop because we can't see anything because of all the damn airbags. And then you can't get out of the car because you're kind of trapped (laughs) by airbags. So we're having to do, like, crazy gymnastics to try and get out of the car, figure out what the hell even happened. And, like, the only sign that something had run into the car is there was, like, blood on the driver's side door. Ew. But, like, the animal had run off. Like, well, a a deer had to have been a deer, but it had run off, like, scampered off into the woods or whatever. Like ninja, vanish quickly without trace. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) So all of a sudden all this happens, and we're all like, what the hell? So we finally pull over, we get to the side of the road, and, of course, we've got all the airbags deployed. and And then, of course, in one of those lovely, like, here's your sign moments, somebody pulls up behind us and is like, Y'all get in an accident? Oh. <laughs> like, no, we just we just felt like deploying the airbags. It seemed like a cool thing to do. Uh. Hey, where did everyone go? Hey, Arkansas. I'd love to I think. Who else has a story? Hello. Can't hear anyone. Why? It's why, gone why very quiet. Oh, Who broke it? And then there was death roll. We need to start the podcast unless anyone else Uh-oh. had some other exciting car accident stories. No. Oh. Um, okay, ready, go. Oh, will there ever be again? A podcast quite like this One that brought us together And started its own forum list Where the hosts are all our friends All the stories told by Jen Will it drive Ryan round the bend Part of it weekly, where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. And welcome back to Part of Weekly. I'm Keza. I'm Renai. P.S. This is Death Row. And I'm Aaron. We, we are back. doing the f- uh, first... <coughs> Hang on. <coughs> I'm joking on my own spit. Kez is dying and um, we're not even through the <laughs> intro yet. Oh god, Kez has got like, the swine flu! Kez has swine flu, oh no. Don't start rumours. Seriously, there are enough rumours on Potterfic Weekly as it is. Part of the huh? great Potterfic Weekly uh, shipping wars, you know, Ryan, Kez, P.S. Mike. Robert and, and Aaron. Brian, Jenny, Robert. Robert and Aaron. <laughs> I think you've gone over to the bad place. And welcome back to Potterfic Weekly because we're doing... I already did that bit. See, this is why it takes three hours. What are we doing? Someone tell me. <laughs> we are starting. That's it. I don't know about everyone else, but I've always thought founders and not bothered to read any of it. So I was kind of approaching this with a bit of trepidation. And then I read the prologue, and I really, really enjoyed it. I was approaching it with trepidation because I thought that it would be very historically inaccurate. Uh, And this is something that PS cannot handle. I will play the role of Mike this week. 
the, the problem with saying Mike would say. historically inaccurate is you need to realize just how little of the history is actually there. Well, in canon, you mean? Correct. A lot of yeah, what we, we quote-unquote, know is all fanon. Yeah, well, it's fine, I meant, like, inaccurate to, like, the actual year of... Right, the time yeah, period. Like, and, there was uh, time. What was going on in the world during that actual time? Yeah, in. like, were they all going to be hanging out on mobile phones? <laughs> However long ago it is. Oh, so, oh, wait, wait, wait. That was back when they had the bag phones. Bag phones? Oh, What's come on. Tell me you didn't have one of those. The phone, it was like a car phone that was in a bag, and you put it in your car. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you're kidding! It's like the, the precursor yeah. to mobile phones that wasn't really mobile because you had to carry it around in a suitcase. It was a five-pound yes. battery. Yes! Yeah. I've never seen one of those. I've seen like the satellite ones. They're in like a little suitcase, yeah. Yeah, way bigger, uh, way clunkier. Yeah, and no. Way older. No, like, I've never seen one. I didn't well, know they had they those. Did have, uh, they hit little uh, cup listening devices in this one, though. Yeah. Like the the glass, glass yeah. Up, yeah, but that's not anything to do with phones. That's a... Now, because uh, I was kind of with you. I mean, fo- Founders Fix, but I've said this before, I'm notorious about not really giving a shit about anyone other than, like, <laughs> the main people in the story. Yeah. Because I just kind of gloss over it. And, and I think part of it is because so many of them are poorly done. But at the same time, I mean, it's the same thing to me with Marauder Airfix, because so many of them gloss over the character of Peter Pettigrew because of what we know now, mm-hmm. as opposed to what was going on then. And I think that this one was a little bit different. There were a lot of things that I didn't quite expect in this fic. But I mean, like yeah. I, I, like you, I came in expecting to be, you know, yawning and snoozing through the whole thing. Well, what I liked about it was that it created the characters. And I think that's the problem like you were saying about they're not very well written is because people don't take the time to stop and create their character. And I think that's the problem with a lot of OCs in general. Because these are, I mean, we know their names, but they're essentially an original character that that's created. That people don't take the time to stop and actually create the character. They just slap a name on a character and then make them woodenly walk around in their fic doing things. They don't give them thoughts and feelings that we can really see. And I think that this one, the characters, right from the very first sentence, are being created and built up yeah. to create some characters that we can really get involved with. Someone Anyone else, else have any, ta- any <laughs> takes on it before we jump into this thing? Well, I will absolutely agree. I mean, I haven't read a Founders fic before because most of them are so badly written I get about three chapters in and I want to puke and then I click the back button and I go find something else whatever it is closest thing I've ever read to a Founders fic is uh, the the Dangerverse series which has a lot of the founders and kind of their heirs, that kind of whole mythology in it. And honestly, that's my least favorite part of the Dangerverse series. And I was really kind of apprehensive about this because I hadn't read this fic before and I haven't actually finished it yet. I've only read the chapters for tonight. But yeah. so far, it's been an entertaining read and, and Kez is absolutely right. The the characters are built very strongly. They've, they've each got personality and you can see kind of the the traits that uh, you, you begin to see the traits that kind of define their houses even early on in this fic. It fits with what we actually do know, which is so little. Obviously, you take the house traits and things like that as, as the things we do know, and I think that, that it fits in. I think also that the author, whose name escapes me right now... Um, Star of the North. Star of the North. Borrowed a little bit from possibly the canon characters a little bit in creating these people. Did anybody else in the description of Salazar Slytherin see... You know, Snape. Uh, Snape and in Griffin <laughs> Percy, Harry, 
And then yeah. Louise yeah. Ravenclaw, see Jenny, maybe. Hermione. I saw Hermione. Jenny. I thought Jenny was in I saw Jenny. Hmm. I saw Jenny more in it because of the sass. Temper. The yeah. sass, exactly. I, suppose, and also the I, I saw Helga as a cross between the Fanon depiction of Hannah Abbott and Jenny. Because she stands yeah. up for herself, but she's also very... She's such a Hufflepuff. <laughs> 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 like, such a well done. Well done. Such a Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Wizarding so. Society depicted in this very interesting because it's free structure and it's council and most of the wizards are in hiding because the muggles are killing them. It's very different from the world that we end up with and actually reminds me a lot, despite kind of the structure of it being different, the way it's kind of in decline and kind of falling it's, apart. It's, it's got kind of the weight of time and you know the corruption has kind of gradually increased over time. Ambrosius, at least through Chapter 7, reminded me a lot of a even more pompous fudge than is oh, even possible. Yeah. I saw a lot of Alicia's Malfoy in that character. Yes, me too. Well, we haven't met him really yet, have we? We're getting a highly biased point of view of this we character. Do, we do actually meet him, I think, in Chapter 6 or 7, when they finally end up at the uh, council chamber. So I'm gonna, we I'm gonna, actually haven't met Ambrosius. I've only read up to Chapter 6 on the road, which is where it is. We should tell people that this is the prologue through to the end of Chapter 6. Yes. <laughs> okay. The, well, the thing is, though, wasn't Fudge really under a lot of influence from um, Lucius Malfoy? That wouldn't necessarily be, influence his behavior, just his policy. It makes sense that Ambrosius, if he was a little bit like Lucius Malfoy and a little bit like Fudge, that those two could coexist. It's sort of like, it reminds me of the general feeling in, in sort of books sort of two through to four of the ministry in mm-hmm. canon. That character embodies the whole attitude of the ministry. It's a bit corrupt, it's a bit slimy. That's how I'm thinking of the character of Ambrosius, who we've not met yet. He's ruthless because he will kill to get what he wants. He's put Slytherin and Gryffindor off the council and bound them in servitude or whatever. So he's not a bit ruthless, he's quite ruthless. He's ruthless, corrupt murderous, evil, you know, he's like a Shakespearean, I'm thinking like Hamlet, or... and I'm thinking the guy in Hamlet that killed Hamlet's Claudius. father. No. Yes. yes. Yeah, Claudius. Do you have any idea how long it's been since I've read Hamlet? <laughs> Do you know how long it's been since I've never read Hamlet? <laughs> to be or not to be, that is the question. Well, it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end of them to die to sleep to sleep perchance to dream he's just out to get his own gain yeah. and he's just riding over the top of everyone else and he's pushing them aside and I read Ambrosius as a non-maniacal sort of Tom Riddle character I can't picture Ambrosius with a megaphone for example but he does <laughs> seem to have those sorts of ambitions toward power Oh, yeah. Not, uh, not giving those crazy 60-minute time limits for things. You have one hour. Yeah, he just yeah, goes about the killing. Maybe the he fact that we can't find a character that it reminds us of means that he's particularly well-drawn. I would agree with that. Yeah, because there's also, little yeah. bits of everybody, of, of different characters throughout time and space and history. That's the thing about these characters, though. They're a little bit of different things, which ends up... You know? Kez is in a time warp. Yeah. <laughs> I am yeah, I heard. I'm just talking normally. What happened? You slowed down and then there was and nothing. And did I speed up really, really fast? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Uh, that's because I'm from the future. <laughs> Speaking from a time warp. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> Uh, to jump to the left. And then a step to the right. Put your hands on your hip. Or somebody else's. Trust really drives you insane. Let's do time warp again. When I was in high school, one of my friend's parents would bring us down to the Little Rock Children's Theater, and every year on Halloween, the Little Rock Children's Theater would do a live showing of Rocky Horror, and everybody would dress up, and you got your prop bags, and oh, it was so much fun. My dear, (laughs) you need to come hang out in the Cambridge area. They do it every Saturday. Seriously? Saturday? I haven't been every in Saturday many, many years, but every weekend. They do the Rocky Horror Picture Show. At midnight, yep. Every Saturday. There is a line down the that. block. I've never seen that movie. That and oh. Monty Python, I've never seen it. Oh, dear. Oh. You are You ever so seen Monty Python? No. <laughs> this is everybody's reaction when I say I've never seen it. You okay. seen Monty Python. What? Is she making fun of the slowdown there? Or was she well, before we answer that, I think we should address the more important question. Well, I'm That's having a great time. I have perfect sound quality. Everybody's sounding great. It's all fantastic. And there's been singing already on the podcast, and we're only 20 minutes in. So I, <laughs> well, it's going I, well. I'm not looking <laughs> on Amazon to find out what region you are in, and I'm going to send you some Monty Python. And uh, region Dr. 4. Region 4. <laughs> I think. I think. Well, it's you know what? I just bought a multi-region DVD player because there was this one movie that was made. It was made out of a book series, and they made it, and they only released it in Europe. And I was so mad because I wanted to see it so bad, but you could not get it on a Region Two DVD. And so I Region One, Region One, Region One is Europe. Region One is Europe. Region One is U.S. and Canada. Okay, well then I need it's a region two and I have a region one player. Yeah, region two. I got a multi region player so I could watch it and it was totally worth all the expense because I loved it. Well, it's called Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging and it was the George Nicholson books is a series of I books about this crazy fourteen or fifteen year old girl. I started reading them when I was like younger, much younger, and I absolutely love them. Even though she's a complete shit most of the time, I, sometimes I just want to reach in the book and smack her upside the head. But I love them; it's so funny. Importing Region Two Japan DVDs is so expensive. They are so expensive. How much are DVDs? P.S. If they're so expensive, are we talking hundreds of bucks here? What? It's the shipping, isn't it? P.S. What? You said Sorry, it was really what? expensive. What's the price difference? Oh, like hundreds of bucks. Hundreds. Wow. That's that's crazy. Because I know DVDs are more expensive here to buy than they are in the US. Like, I just bought Half Blood Prince for $34. Oof. Yeah, oof. Yeah, apparently. I, I don't know how much it would be in the States, but not that much. <laughs> I mean, I could have got it cheaper. It's just that I had my kid doing, like, a Christmas Advent-style countdown till the day it was released, and I just walked into the nearest shop, picked it off the shelf, paid for it, took it home, and said, here, child, watch it, and leave me in peace. <laughs> 
So. Well, that's where the extra money went to peace of mind. <laughs> I, I thought it was a good deal um, because I got peace and quiet. So I'm not actually complaining. And anyway, they say this- money can't buy happiness. <laughs> I believe it can buy me much, much happiness. <laughs> so, this fic is actually not on DVD. Um, no. And it is on fanfiction.net. <laughs> and it's a really good fic so far in the prologue and first six chapters. So far, we like the characterization. I was wanting to talk about the little snippets at the beginning the of quotes the chapters. The Hogwarts A History. Yes, and I have to answer my phone. And I'll be right back. Carry on. Talk about Very the good. Okay, snippets. I like <laughs> the quotes from Hogwarts A History. I did too, but I thought we knew who wrote it. No, no, I, no. I, don't I don't think we ever did find it's that out. It's never been mentioned. No, it's, it is author unknown. Uh, I was going to say it reminds me of, um, I don't know if anybody else has read it, read it but the um, the book Foundation by um, Isaac Asimov. He has a trilogy of sci- science fiction series. Each chapter begins with a very similar thing where it's a uh, an excerpt from the Encyclopedia Galactica that describes kind of a little bit of something that relates to what the chapter's about. And I really, I wonder perhaps if this was the, the inspiration for this or if it was independently thought of, but I really thought it was a good idea. And I, th- I, I like so. it. I think it gives a, a flavor to the story. And you're right, it gives the following snippet of the the tale here something to illustrate mm-hmm. well it also shows how kind of the historical perspective of the things we're seeing in real time you get to kind of compare Hi. that to um yeah hello hello Hi. what happened everybody get quiet well, well no someone talking? was in the middle of a sentence well Aaron i wasn't here so i don't off. know oh, okay Aaron trailed was- off he might have fallen asleep I did not fall asleep, damn it. I, I went to answer the phone because it had rung and I ignored it going, they can leave a message. And it rings again, so I'm like, I better get it. You know, someone's probably like, you know, bumped their head at school or something, you know. Mr. Kesser got to up before me and he starts harassing the woman on the other end because it's a telemarketer trying to sell us stuff for the house and we're knocking it down. So we don't want to replace the roof or the gutters or add window shutters. And he's talking to her on the phone. He's like, didn't you just call me on my mobile? And I'm like listening to this one-sided conversation. He's like, you're just random calling me. And I'm starting to feel harassed. I'm a little bit scared. Mr. Keza has a stalker. (laughs) Yeah, it's the roofing lady. Just wait. She's going to show up at the airport. I get back and I'm expecting to hear this wonderful scintillating conversation. And I'm like, hello? And dead silent. Well, we were all waiting for Aaron to finish. He he was making a very profound point, and he sort of just stopped. I don't even remember what I was talking about now. You were talking about the quotes having to putting the events in perspective. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what happened was I... I was trying to talk and also look up when the fic was written at the same time, and apparently I my my brain disconnected. Sorry. You're bad, and you're not able to multitask. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a, I, I failed once again. Between books five and six. Excellent. Okay. Well, that, that oh, helps. Okay. It was started between five and six, and it was actually finished after the release of book six. Obviously, that makes a difference. I was pretty sure it hadn't been written after Deathly Hallows, which is kind of a shame, actually, because it would have been interesting to see how they incorporated the whole. Um... Oh, yeah, I would love to see a Founder's Fic written after Deathly Hallows, because that's the book where we actually get. And, and you actually get first-hand information for the very first time. You get actual people who were there. You have the the da- what's the daughter's name again? The gray lady. The gray lady. 
Helena ran up the Well, that's it. And the Baron, they're both from that era. So it's the first time you actually have any kind of, other than the the hat, which I guess would be the only other source you would have of something that was actually alive during that time. I love how we consider hat to be alive. (laughs) I love how you just referred to it like that. We were created in that time. (laughs) Well, that is its name. That is its name. (laughs) It's hat. Although, well, isn't that, oh, what's that ficket that gave Hat the name? Um, oh, there's lots of them. Like, oh, it no, has, does it have a name in meaning of one? Uh, there's one where Harry wears it for like a week while it tries to sort him and he gives it a name. It, that's, it has uh, a name in meaning of one because they, it had, they were talking to it to a long time because they, it had to sort them together. Yeah. Oh, Echoes of Power is where he wears it. Doesn't he call it the Flopsy or something? Yeah, a flop, yeah Flopsy. Um, I'm trying oh, to think. I, I read one, and this was a very long time ago because it was a, a it was the first of the Super Soulmate Powers Activate stories that I had ever oh, read. Oh, God. So at the time, I thought it was just this really novel concept because it was the first one that I had ever read. The hat's name was Tristan. Yes, I've read that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that one too. Yes, so it's S I Y E. Yeah, it would be on there. That's where I've read Wait, most of my Wait, what was his name? Tristan. His name was Tristan. Like Tristan and Isold? Yes. I think I've read one where it's been called like something starting with a G because it's Godric Gryffindor's hat. So it's like Gerald or something. Uh, <laughs> Gilbert. Godfrey. <laughs> I think I read one so where it actually has like a normal name. Like it's, it's the hat is named like Charlie, or Bob. Not, Pete. Not, not Charlie. It's like it's like Bob. Pete. Yeah, exactly. Like Bob the Hat. It's it, it's just kind of normal, you know, kind of sounding names. Like what? I got a name. I'm alive. You know, whatever. We actually haven't seen the hat that we know of actually in this fic. Triscuit. <laughs> say before the roofing lady I think her name I don't know if her name was Ruth or if she's a roofing lady um, interrupted my solitude here <laughs> that I like the little snippets because I think they put like a little context onto the chapter and they build up but like the only one I can remember clearly is the last one that I just read where it talks about the, the break between the other three and Slytherin and, and he went off because he didn't like mudbloods and it sort of it raises the question, well, is that the whole story? I don't think we can rely on that being the whole story sort of mm-hmm. thing. And then it moves into the chapter where it, it explores a little bit of his feelings about Muggleborns and stuff. Looking at the prologue one, I think it, it may be the, the first lines of actual book of Hogwarts history where it says, In the long history of the Wizarding World, which stretches to the dawn of time, there are two wizards and two witches who will ever be renowned and celebrated all across the world in all magical communities. And it just goes on to kind of echo what the line is from one of the Sorting Hat songs where it tells where they're from, the Moor and the Fen. Rowena Ravenclaw of the Glen, Helga Hufflepuff of Carewind Valley, Godric Gryffindor of Wild Moor, and Salazar Slytherin of the Fen. Yeah, you get the feeling like maybe that's the beginning of Hogwarts history, and we're also at the beginning of this tale, and it, it kind of a good uh, parallel there. Not all the I chapters. I actually like are... the way you know how it's written all the poeticy sort of way, and then it goes in and it's like Rowena wiped her dirty hands on her apron, like it really is a change in style. I'm not sure if that holds true through all of the chapters. I can't remember, but I think in most of them, the style of the writing from Hogwarts of history provides a contrast to the rest of the chapter, which I think is important, so that you can separate it in your mind. I thought it was very interesting to see the background of the two girls. Yes. They talk yes. about 
because I don't know why I always just kind of assumed that they all came from a money background. Well, because they built a big, massive school in a massive castle. Yeah. yeah. They had good funding. Right. <laughs> well, also, I think it's an unspoken assumption that if pure blood mania is so big now, it was also big well, back no, then. I was pure really bloods. surprised to see the depiction of Helga as Muggleborn. Yeah. Well, I liked it. It's an interesting I contrast. I, I thought it was great. I just was really surprised. I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I did think it fit yes. for the purposes of the storytelling. I think it's actually very important that she's Muggleborn. It, well, so far, like having read the first six chapters, it seems to be actually quite important for the storyline, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out and what it means. And I think part of the reason for that is because you can tell in the writing that Rowena and Godric have got a thing for each other. I oh. just think it's do, quite do they have a thing for each other, Keza? Because I didn't notice. <laughs> it's kind of got that Ron and Hermione, Hermione thing going on. Oh, it's Rowena. way okay. worse um, than that. Here we go. Okay, I have a point to make. When he said something about the purebled fanaticism, you know, thinking it would be worse back in that time, I think you can look at it from the opposite direction and say that, okay, in this day, wizards had a reason to fear muggles because they were going to kill the wizards. So it wasn't so much that you couldn't be associated with muggles because you were better than them. It was out of fear. It was out of a desire to protect yourself. And from that, it has evolved over the centuries into this idea that, oh, we're better than them. We don't deign to get involved with these kinds of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can see the roots of the pureblood fanaticism in this story, but not from a place of hatred. It was from a place of fear. And it was a place to try and protect yourself. And I like how when Helga wants to come with them at the end, she's going, look, you need a chaperone and, you know, I can come. And Slytherin is saying, but you're muggle-born and and you're a woman. And she's like, and that shouldn't matter. It doesn't make her better than me. And he's like, no, I know that. Like, he acknowledges that, but I think he still has trouble getting his mind around it. But I think from what Rena was saying, because... They're the enemy in a lot of ways, and the whole. I want to get into this later, but the whole the order of the knights that were founded to protect against the Muggles, and the whole idea that well, that wouldn't be happening if Ryan Ravenclaw had been able to keep that order together. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gone again. Yeah. Are you there? No, we're listening. <laughs> he doesn't actually think at that stage that the pure blood wizard is better than the Muggleborn. It's a hard leap for him to make because yeah. they are technically the enemy. Yeah, this is the sort of history that I have alluded to in trying to explain pure blood prejudice and attitude. It's not based on nothing. It comes from somewhere. This is the sort of environment that it comes from. There were real witch burnings because we know about the flame freezing charm. That had to be developed for a reason. It's the chapter one uh, excerpt from Hogwarts history. They mentioned that at this point in time, a thousand years in the past, they had not yet developed that flame freezing charm or Which the bubble head charm. And so, you know, the threat of drowning and witch burning is is so very real. And you see in these chapters, Ryan Ravenlord, who's considered one of the most powerful and heroic characters they they talk about that we don't actually meet, he is killed in a simple witch burning. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's nothing yeah. he can do to stop it. Well, I like that. It it definitely adds, like we were saying, to the feel of being in a different time. We're expressly told that these sorts of charms don't exist and the threat is real. Yeah, they're still developing apparition as well. That's the other, I think, right. that does it as well. It's very nice. Um, I know 
it never occurred to me that they'd have to develop apparition. I thought apparition would have been something that they always could do. Yeah. It's an interesting choice, well, literary-wise. We don't know, though, until Half-Blood Prince. So at the time that this was written, we don't know how a person apparates. And I think even in Half-Blood Prince, we don't really know. Are they saying a spell or are they just concentrating? Because in this one, obviously, it's a spell. I don't think they say a spell. No. In this one, obviously, it's as a spell, which I think is believable and logical and it works for me, even if that's not how. Does apparition in canon require use of the wand? I don't think so. It doesn't appear to. I don't think it does. But Uh, a lot of things. I would say that it probably requires you to be in possession of a wand, but not necessarily using it. But I I know in order to make a wand be used, um, that's a whole when in Deathly Hallows, when they were when they got out of Malfoy Manor, they didn't have wands. Harry brought the wands, and Dobby took him. That's, That's right. Dobby. Is Dobby apparating? Dobby is doing. Oh, yeah. oh, no, 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 but I'm saying everybody else apparated out without wands. Oh, because Harry okay. got them, so it doesn't need a wand. I guess don't. They apparated out of the basement, and Harry ran upstairs to get their wands back. Okay. Now, okay. does it mention specifically here that the the new apparition technique requires a wand? I don't think it does. I, I, I don't it's just so. a, a, a way of focusing. Well, it doesn't matter because this is before Deathly Hallows, so it's not like she got it wrong. Oh, well, it's interesting, though, to see if she got it right. I like the idea that it was almost this aristocratic thing, like if you were really powerful, you could apparate, and Rosaline Ravenclaw was working to make it accessible for, you know, the common wish and wizard. I, that's, that's what I got out of that, at least. What do you want yeah. to bet that the old style involved actually casting a spell with a wand and the new style I would involved? I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Like, at this time period, how many people have wands? Well, it doesn't say much about wands, but I think that one comes up in the, one of the first couple of chapters. Doesn't yeah, Rowena it talks about Rowena's wand. Ollivander is around since 382 BC, so, or the Ollivander family. Yeah, that is, that is canon. Wands wouldn't necessarily have to be just like they are now back then. They could have been simpler. But they are probably also stuff. harder to make because you have less access to materials. And possibly and even the techniques. Yeah, and also the techniques of wand crafting may not have been created yet. I'm sure they have spells and devices that help them out now. Those didn't necessarily exist you know, in 382 BC. Yeah, correct. Because the wands so we if, see it look fairly polished. So if Ollivanders has been around since 382 BC, what year is the fix set? 1000 BC or AD? Yeah, it's set one. It's like around uh, 1000. Well, it's yeah, canon that, that the founders were about 1,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely AD. In the chapter one um, quote from Hogwarts of History, it says the 10th century. Yeah, so that would be the 900s. <laughs> they don't say exactly when, but that's still 100 years in which it could have taken place. But, um, yeah. I'm just thinking, is it's after the start of Ollivander's. Yes, well. Like Ollivander's have been making Well, there's nothing to guarantee that he's been in that location that whole time either. Well, and it's well, obviously not the same dude. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it could have been in Diagon Alley because there was no London at that point. No, that's what I'm thinking. Like, Diagon Alley is... There was no involved. London in 1000 AD? Well, there was no. a London in 1008. Well, Not the way we think of it, but there was still something there. They do talk about... It was Roman London. It was Londinium. But it wouldn't have had, like, paved alleyways and stuff like in Diagon Alley now. No, like, definitely not. You know, I wonder, I almost wonder how much after. of Muggle culture, or, like, not maybe culture, but, like, civilization was came from the wizards. Like, I wonder if the wizards paved roads before we did or something, you know? Interesting idea. I don't think so, because paved roads came from the Romans. Well, it could there have been no wizards. Roman wizards. 
all the spells are in Latin. Ooh. <laughs> this is one of my mother's little pet things. She talks about Britain being taken over by the Romans and their long roads and that sort of thing. I'm like, no, as a Romans, my mother said so. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. We're talking about fiction, so it's okay if there were wizards making the nice long straight roads. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> I think it's been pretty well established, whether it's just in Fanon or in Canon, but it's it's generally accepted that wizards and witches tend to marry young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like right out of Hogwarts in some cases. I reckon mm-hmm. that's Fanon though. There's no But I think Except there's a lot of examples. James. You know, James and Lily, the Weasleys, even. Yeah. There's a bunch of others. If they don't marry right out of Hogwarts, then it's a couple of years. Late teens, early My biggest evidence for this is the fact that Molly thought that Bill was old to be unmarried when he was in his mm. mid-20s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Molly yeah, could just that. be Jewish. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not being horribly racist. We just released Jewish Idol episodes, so it's, it's topical for all of us. Now you, now you make me want to sing the Nagini song. It was a huge Harry Potter thing at my yeshiva. We did have a Nagini. Ha! That's funny. Really? You've heard that one, right? No, I haven't, actually. Yeah. Have a, <laughs> have a, have a, Nagini, she's a giant snake. <laughs> that was made of wind. Have a Nagini, have a Nagini, have a Nagini, favorite food man steak. Voldemort promised me to keep us. That's really sweet, but everyone escaped defeat. Poor Snake got applesauce. Dark Lords with evil powers rarely give Snake lunch hours. Mad with hunger, nag ate to theaters and boss. Oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Back to reality. What I'm saying is, like, through this exchange in the prologue with Helga's parents, he's like freaking out because he's like, oh my God, she's 13. And he's like, well, we wait until later to get married. And then now it's around the same age. They don't get married until late teens, early 20s. It's the same age, but now it's considered really, really young. Well, I think it shows how the muggle world has progressed compared to the magical world. Yeah. The culture of the magical world, I think, seems to be stuck in some sort of pre-electricity age because electricity doesn't work for wizards. So they're stuck back in this kind of like 1800s world where everybody has a fireplace and technology isn't this thing. And culture has, in the meantime, changed for for us lowly muggles. So... um, yeah, it, it's now. What is that thumping? <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. I just can't concentrate. Sounds like what? someone's stapling. This is anyone coming, using a stapler? It's coming from from you, Rena. I think. Yeah, I I'm not coming. doing any stapling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds like a stapling. What? I've lost your point now, Aaron. I don't know what you were talking about? I was going to say culturally, the age of marriage has changed from you, you marry at early teens, you know, to now where, you know, marriage is something you do if you feel like it when you're too old to have fun anymore or something. <laughs> no offense to those on the podcast who are married. <laughs> oh, that was well formulated. Well, I got married at 22 and everybody was like, oh my God, you're an infant. Which I find odd because I think that there are also cultures within cultures here because people talk about the culture today, Western society, people, you know, get married at 30, 35. But for example, in my religious culture, um, 19 is getting on. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you're not yeah. engaged by the time you're 19 in my religious culture if you're if you're a female and a bloke who's um sort of like by the time you're 23 you should be engaged you know so there are cultures within cultures and then i know that sometimes in australia historically traditionally the greek and italian communities have married a lot earlier because you don't move out of home until you're married and you you're not permitted to do the deed until you're married therefore you get married at 23 or, t- or 20 or 21 because you want to get out from under your parents because it's not the done thing so i think it's really hard to talk about how it is mm. in western society because i don't think there is any one thing i got married uh at uh i would have been 21 i was 21 and a half when i got married the first time and it was normal in my cultural circle to be married that early but a lot of people who weren't in my religious culture sort of Thing, we're like, wow, you're, you know, I was 23 getting divorced, you know, which is not, not something I'm proud of because obviously yeah. I'd rather have made it work. But it was oh, a lot but- more acceptable when I got married the second time I was 24 and that was okay. That was a normal, a bit young. You know, and I'm thinking in my in my religious culture, all my friends have got like three kids by now. <laughs> well, and old. it's different, you know, talking my family, my parents' families are all from the north. They're all from Boston in that area. And I've grown up in the south and my husband's family is all from the south. And to them, it was not at all surprising that we got married at 22. You know, going to school in the South, you know, going to college, if you graduated from college and you weren't engaged, uh, uh, girls especially, especially if you were in a sorority, if you weren't engaged by graduation, I mean, you felt like a failure. Maybe not necessarily married, but I mean, you damn well better have a ring on your finger by the time you walk across the stage to get your diploma. And in most cases, it was like you get your diploma one weekend and the next weekend you get married. I mean, I know a lot of people We had a name for those sorts of folk. The first time I went to college, they were called husband hunters. Yeah, but aren't you from like Boston? Yes. Yeah, see, and would you say that marriage is like older there? Like, we have a living, breathing example here at Puffwa. How old is Ryan? Ryan is a little bit older than me. Ryan, how old are you? Well, he's a little bit younger than I am, and I'm not married. Yes, because remember the great birthday mix up of 2008? No. No, I don't remember. Because the Puffwa calendar put at the, the bottom of the screen when it says what birthday. Or this week, oh, yeah, yeah, and it's age in parentheses, and we thought his age was his birthday, so we celebrated his birthday like two weeks late. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't remember. Back to the fic. Um, go, go on, Keza, lead us back to the fic from where we are. <laughs> you would, you would agree though, Keza, think- that getting married at thirteen is a little bit young, right? <laughs> It's not yeah, for that time ah, here. No, it, it didn't seem historically out of context. Juliet in Romeo and Juliet was fourteen, and she was about to be married off. So for that time period, for Muggles, obviously thirteen is normal. But I think that you know, it's very interesting because I didn't pick it up, and I'm like, wow, that's something I didn't pick up. That they want a twenty-year-old to marry their baby, and what kind of parent does a thing? And the answer is, we live longer, so we they can marry later. But at the time for the Muggles, I think that's a fair point for them. Um, I just thought it was funny that it went from them seeming to marry young to them being the ones who. We're just aghast at how young muggles were getting married. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, but see, 13, it's, see, to them, though, when they're talking about it, we can allow our daughters to marry late. They're probably talking 18 to 20, which is what yeah. the modern, you know. Right, exactly. Those of you listening and playing at home, Ryan's 28. <laughs> <laughs> Except 
by the time this episode comes out, he'll probably have turned 29. Yeah, if not 30. That. He'll be 29. Oh, Aaron, you're very unkind. <laughs> I it's predicted earlier today that this would be a completely off-topic podcast. I think that we can stay on topic because it is winter in your country where you are. <laughs> And it is winter in the fix. And I hear talk of snow. There is also snow in the fix. I have no no snow. I don't either. And honestly, I'm beginning to think that the snow is, like, following me. Like, not following me home, (laughs) but it, like, stays a distance away. Because I was out in Colorado a couple months ago. The day after I left, there was, like, that massive snowstorm that paralyzed Denver for, like, seven days. Hit the day after I left. Then this past weekend, I was in Texas for a wedding, and I came home, and now it's like snowing like crazy in Texas. So maybe if I leave <laughs> Arkansas, we'll get some snow here. You know what it was? This is skipping around a lot, but you know what? I don't really care. They go to the Glen, and mm-hmm. they stumble through the snowstorm, Gryffindor and Slytherin, which I still find it seems weird that they're mates, but it's kind of good, but it's weird because, you know, anyway. And they stumble into the Glen in all the snowstorm, and they fall into the little house and whatever. And then they wake up in the morning, and Rosalinda's like, well, you can't leave now. You're stuck here for the winter and all I could think of was the seven brides for seven brothers yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but they stuck that out movie is hilarious bless your beautiful hide prepare to bend your knee and take that vow cause I'm a telling you now you're the gal for me doesn't it do anything but snow up here we've had a blizzard every day for the past two months I'm going crazy shut up in this house them seven women They'll be just like them seven men They'll be one again And though they'll be a seven for a while Oh yes! We're gonna make them seven women smile And I'm thinking they're gonna come out married <laughs> And then not married yet <laughs> I thought it was a obviously kind of contrived way to get them to spend some time together. That's but what I thought. It, I thought it would be, get them together because they're in the close confines and there'd be the little old matronly Rosalind, you know, marrying off her daughters because, you know, they're marriageable age now. And mm-hmm. what instead I thought was fantastic, we get Weena and Godric just sniping at each other. <laughs> and it's like, well, the worst was the half an hour they had to spend in the kitchen cleaning up after breakfast, and it was usually Godric's fault, you know. And, like, he drops the vase, and she launches into him. You idiot, you've just broken it. And Rosalind's in the corner muttering, Rapero. <laughs> oh, hysterical. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. hysterical. But you want to know who I think is married? I think Godric and Salazar are married, because they yes. are bickering. <laughs> Like, you know who this reminds me of? In those fics where you see a good Sirius and Snape or Sirius and Remus going back and forth, back and forth. That's what this reminds me of. You can't really compare Sirius and Snape to Sirius and Remus. Well, some fics you'll get where Sirius I mean, and Snape I mean being Snape and friends. Remus, I'm sorry. You know, just the back and forth and the icy tones and the sarcasm. And... Yeah, but Godric is actually um, Salazar's mother. <laughs> Godric is Salazar's mother. Keza is the new Mike. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's in, it's in the fix. <laughs> he, like he didn't deal with he his sister. He lost a bet that he has to mother him to make sure he wears I thought his that, socks. <laughs> that was so funny that he bet the sister to who's going to mother him. That was, that was <laughs> awesome. The dynamic that I saw from it, It's the movie hasn't even come out yet, and I'm just dying to see it, but the new Sherlock Holmes movie? Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. It does make a considerable difference to me, having someone with me on whom I can thoroughly rely. 
That was the kind of dynamic I got there. The kind of Watson and Holmes playing off of each other kind of thing. I don't see them romantic. It's not going to be a slash for you. No. No. Dear God, I hope not. No, I think Godric is totally into Rowena. I'm telling you. Oh, (laughs) yeah. They are just so much more over the top that, you know, that's where it's going. But at least in the beginning... Twelve. It's Gilbert and Anne of Green Gables where he pulls her hair and sticks it yes. in the pink quilt. Yeah, it's hair pulling. <laughs> yeah. And but in the beginning, but when the girls are thirteen and the two of them are just going back and forth with each other, that was my thought. I was like, Oh God, don't let this be a slash fic. Don't let this <laughs> It would absolutely make my heart cry if this was a slash fic. I'm so tired of having to read all that crap and I just oh I told somebody the other day, I was just like, Okay, if we don't do another Harry Jenny soon, I think my head is gonna explode. <laughs> But what are you going to say yes. about Harry Ginny that hasn't been said? I don't care. I'm so sick of <laughs> hey, all that crap as long as you don't care. Long, awesome. Long, long stuff. Oh. It's, it's the last member pick, which will already have been picked by the time you hear this. And, and the just... podcasts for that effect will have been recorded. Probably. <laughs> because as P.S. was saying when she put it up, it's a sandwich between two Snapey's Harry's father fix. And I'm sorry, but I've been going around the last two weeks going, no more Snape, no more Snape. Yes. Oh I can't God. read any more fix or I have to be in his head where I have to be in his house. I can't hey. do it. I, no, I am allowed to feel this way. <laughs> Just because you're a Slytherin doesn't mean. Well, the way you say it, you're perfectly within your rights to want to go back to, you know, your own house, find us one of those wonderful Raven perspective stories. This one, this one, this one is house. Like we had only I found very difficult because I didn't like being in Snape's head. I wanted something a bit lighter, something with a bit more fun. <laughs> wanted a and fun so, Snape. No. Snape isn't fun. Lord if you Cle- make Snape fun, he's in character. Ward Cleaver Snape. Lord Cleaver. Ward, Ward Cleaver. Cleaver Snape. Getting back to the point, my fic for the final selection member fic thing is something without Snape. Which is why I nominated a next generation fic. Because the man is dead. <laughs> and we get away from him. The next generation fic to get away from Snape, watch his ghost show up and haunt this character. Oh, dear God, no. Can you imagine I the ghost of Snape teaching one. potions? Uh. Ooh. Actually, actually I have a plot I'm just bunny. thinking, Snape is dead, and I wrote a post-Deathly Hallows fic in which Snape is. Why? Why Why would they do this? He's in a portrait, and he's in, like, two paragraphs. It's okay. Anyway, this fic has no this fic. because it's before Snape was born. Although, Salazar <laughs> is a lot like Snape. Snape could be a time traveler. Enough. Oh, don't even go time there. Traveling Do not okay, even this has to be- go there. Anyway, so, there is no Snape in... This fic that I've forgotten the name of by Star of the North, I remember the author. Because it's Tale winter. Tale of a long time gone. Tale of a long time gone. Because it's about people that are a long time gone and existed in the past. 
and not people who haven't yet been born. Let's have a look at chapter prologue. Let's have a look at the prologue. Do okay, Ryan, we can get to the chapters. Well, we've been talking about it. We've already talked about the prologue. Yes, chapter one. Go. Yes. Five years the- later. Five That's years how long later. it's going to take us. No, um, chop, chop. Let's move it along. They have come back to the village, and they so are fun. looking for Rosalind. And we get to see Wow. Little- I'm, I'm sorry, but the way that the voice is crossed, it just came across that they're looking to fuck Rosalind. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they so are fun. looking for Rosalind. Somebody's <laughs> voice crossed over with you, Rita, and it sounded like you said they were <laughs> trying to you know, I'm wondering now if they're virgins. There are no butt sex babies. No. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) So, they have come to the village. Salazar and Godric have come to the village that I cannot remember the name of. I can't pronounce Welsh. There needs to be some vowels in this language. The Welsh village in the valley. They have come to the Welsh village in the valley, and they are seeking (laughs) Rosalind Ravenclaw. So they show up in the middle of a snowstorm, because, like men, they don't plan their vacations before they go. (laughs) And (laughs) end up in the middle of the woods in a snowstorm. (laughs) Is that about right? The thing I like about this is they're like, oh, I hope we don't have to go back to that one. The, the girl, you know, we never got back to them. They might try and foist her off on us. Well, you know, she'll be 18 now. That's not the relevant part. Remember our little friend? She looked like a haystack. Oh, I don't want to go back there. Damn, we've looked everywhere else. We better go back there. <laughs> they're like dragging their feet, man. And then they come across this woman who's just like vicious, nasty. Oh, that witch. And they talk about all the burning and they're like, we better leave now before they burn us. Yeah. And it made me wonder what happened to Helga. They obviously thought she was a witch. They pushed her off a roof. Yeah. As a prank. Yeah, as a prank, they pushed her off a building. Which, okay, let's think about this. What the hell kind of prank is that? I thought she was Come on. Not even that, but okay, this is like 80 da. It's not like she's got like trainers on that are going to cushion her fall. They're going to push her off this roof and she, they could have killed her. But you know, back then, roofs were only like five feet tall. Even so, you're right. Yeah, they could have killed her. And I, I could see kids, this could if be- it was Rowena because they didn't like yeah. her. We've established yeah. they didn't like her. But Helga's but, pretty and fun and bubbly. Yeah. And, and she's likable. She's likable. She's a Hufflepuff. She's cheerful. Maybe. What's not to like about her? Exactly. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Yeah, that's right. A Pufflepuff. Pufflepuff. A Pufflepuff. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> By and large, Hufflepuffs are cheerful people. Too cheerful sometimes. Maybe that is why. Maybe she was a threat. She was because too she cheerful. Was too and they're like, if this girl doesn't just knock it off with the perkiness, I'm going to shove her off this roof. <laughs> and she didn't. And then so they, they she, did. gave her, she gave him a hug. And they were like, that's the last straw. And, and just then they shoved <laughs> her off the roof. Over. Okay. Yeah. We, we figured it's it like out. Like Let this be a warning to all you Hufflepuffs out there. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's like kicking a puppy. If you hug too much, you will be pushed off a roof. 
I, I can tell you something right now, Death, that that will not deter any of the Hufflepuffs on the forums. From I'm sure it won't. <laughs> okay, I don't think it was a roof. I've been looking. It's like, just for a lot, pushed her off of one of the stones not far from the village where we used to play as children. Oh. So I don't know what kind of stone it was. <laughs> but well, even it would, so, still, you don't push people off of things because it could kill them. It would have to be high enough that she would feel threatened by it for her accidental magic to kick in. Yeah, true. It's probably stones, like, you know, like stone circles, like, not not a bigger stone hinge, but, you know, those, those sort of stones. Yeah, there were. Or just a big one. rock that they were climbing on, or, or the gully, or the crevasse, or whatever. Could be in a, in a rock exposed by glacial action or something. That, too. Uh, could be a large boulder. Doesn't really matter. They, they pushed her, and she reacted, and everyone freaked, because she's of the devil. That is how we get to the glen. Did anybody else feel like they were just trying to get uh, as quickly as possible get to the point where they had all four of them in the same place? Yeah. No. I thought it. I don't think it was. That's so wrong, P.S. P.S. I could list a lot more types of rocks than that. You don't. Don't challenge. Don't challenge. Oh come on, go go ahead, Aaron. I want to. Aaron, are you a challenge? There's sandstone. I am putting my veto foot down right now. We are going to get back to the story, and we are not going to get into an argument about rocks. Oh, no one's arguing. We just want to make a list. Like Monty Python, we're going to make a list. It's going to be funny. I have They're in the glen. They are falling through the door. They are on the floor, and they're going, oh, I broke something. I understand that these people are in Well, we learned that these people are in hiding, but they've got these muggle-repelling charms so that nobody can find them. But... Even so, when you're in hiding, even if you don't think people will show up, you lock your doors. Yeah. How do they get in? Well, I'm sure they had something. You bar the door against bears coming in. Right. And in anything. I mean, bears in Do they have bear repelling charms? (laughs) They don't have bears. (laughs) They also have lion repelling charms. There's no lions there either. (laughs) The point is, when you're in hiding, I don't care who you are, you lock your damn doors. Correct. That was one thing that I was just like, okay, so you're in hiding, yet you leave your door open so that any random person can stumble through it. Great. I did not think about that. I thought it was funny that it went, ow, I think I broke something because it sounded very 20th century. <laughs> it didn't yeah. sound. Some of the dialogue doesn't fit to me, but I'm like, it would be a pain in the butt to try and make it sound all archaic. It would be difficult to read, so I'm willing to let that slide. <laughs> Hooray, well, am. <laughs> you, will, you will notice there is quite a bit of formal structure to the language, uh, yeah, which I think helps. it's still helps. fairly formal. You can accept it's it as fairly- a good translation. Yes. So I am down with the dialogue. It's all very good. Oh, they my God. Okay. Them. Okay. Sorry. This is wow. completely off topic. Whatever it is, Rina is very ex- – no, you are not allowed to drag us off topic because you just put your foot down. Yeah. You just put your foot off. down a second this ago. This something and- completely different, okay? Like, really. <laughs> oh, and no. this is something that – Eric, do you hear that? Rina thinks rocks are not important. Hey, rocks are very important, okay? Very important. If it weren't for rocks, what would you be standing on? Okay. Makes you think, doesn't it? Here's the point that I was Okay, I think that if Rena were going to be a rock, she would be (laughs) sandstone. And I think if Aaron were going to be a rock, he would be volcanic glass. 
I think if PS Ooh, were going to be a rock, definitely quartz, rose quartz. Oh, yes. And that's pretty. Yes. And Rose is also one of the companions, is she not? Yes, yeah. she is. I Woo-hoo. think you are granite. I'm granite. Excellent. You're granite. Hard, immovable granite. Rena, what was your point? <laughs> okay, this group of people have decided that they're going to rewrite the Bible because it's too liberal. Uh-huh. Mm. They have decided that the reason that Jesus tells everybody to love each other and not be douches to each other is because the people that write the Bible were liberal and that Jesus really was a conservative and that Jesus really, I don't know, supported cap and trade legislation or something. I, I don't know. They think but, the most conservative book on the planet is too liberal. Yes. <laughs> what? Basically. Jesus was not, was not in favor of socialized healthcare. Right. Jesus did not favor healing the sick without appropriate compensation to the insurance companies. And like they take issue with what is it when jesus is dying on the cross he says forgive them father they know not what they do they think that's too liberal that jesus would have said kill those bastards for killing me so they are rewriting the bible to fit today's modern conservative values i think that's brilliant and they these people should be applauded i object object to you labeling that conservative because i count myself as conservative i'm I'm not labeling it this is like they call themselves the conservative Bible. Like, this is their rhetoric. Boy. Say that they are rewriting it to fit their conservative values. And that the reason that it's so liberal is that the people who write Bibles are professors, and professors are the most liberal people on the planet. And they are rewriting it to reflect their modern conservative views. Like, I know I James was a liberal. I, I feel have a that they have in- missed the point of Christianity. Yes, <laughs> quite a bit. Overshot. I know, and I know this is completely off topic, but I just, I had to throw it what out there. What kind of rock would Jesus be? <laughs> Jesus would be <laughs> the sort of rock that you can lean on in times of trouble. But yeah. Peter That's, was the rock. Just as Salazar Slytherin and Godric Gryffindor leaned on, on each other and, fell into the and met our lovely maidens in this chapter two of the Wow, look at us. We're going in order. (laughs) I like rocks. Rocks are cool. Rocks are awesome. So. It's chapter two. Oh, chapter two. Sorry. Sorry, Keza. We'll get back on topic right away. I think really what happens in chapter two is that we get to see Rowena and Godric playing Kiss Chase. And yes, <laughs> pulling they the said, pigtails. Yeah, pulling the pigtails, playing kiss chase. Totally waiting for them to start making out in the uh, the stable. Yeah. I was too. Oh my god, I thought that was just because I was no, attracted no, it to was way too soon. Way too soon for that. Oh, obviously, in hindsight, yes, but the fix starts off moving really quickly. I mean, they're, they're all four founders are together in well, the it drops prologue. you right into the action. Yeah, they don't, they, they don't like mess that, around. Though. I like to be straight. It does. It's a good plot hook. It's very good because what other, what other characters do we know? There's those four. That's it. There's, everybody else is an original character. Yeah. So if, don't if you don't have those four, we don't care. And we haven't seen a lot of them yet. It's all been focused on the four. That seems like it's going to change in the next set of chapters. You know what I liked about this chapter? We've got a question over what happened to Rowena's father and over what happened to Helga from the previous chapter. But I like how instead of having them sit down a la Hermione and say, well... 
this is what happened and here is the book I read it in. She has the dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that yeah. that's a good way to present it. We find out what happens. Our questions about it are answered, but it's part of the story. And I think that that sometimes is very difficult for some um, fanfic authors to do. They dump it in. They have, oh, I know, I know. Or she asks a question. Yeah. Oh, please, please. Uh, Yeah, you need something Hermione, explained turned for Hermione. Well, my comment on the matter in my snarky death roll notes were that Rowena has nightmares just like Harry. <laughs> And the whole point is to convey something that the author doesn't necessarily want to show in direct point of view events. It's the same sort of thing like a flashback, although I find flashbacks annoying. Um, Flashbacks are annoying. Yeah, dreams and nightmares are good because you get to see things that have already happened or things that you're not actually there to witness. Like Joe Rowling uses this. She uses this plot device and gives Harry the nightmares, so we see what's going on with Voldemort. Yeah, and the thing is, this is why she reminds me of Hermione, and I've forgotten why she reminds me of Hermione. Oh, divination. <laughs> She's very skeptical about divination. But um, I was going to say something, and I forget what it was. Someone else say something about rocks. <laughs> about rocks. <laughs> I, I have a question. Uh, um, did anyone else no. notice the nickname that Helga has for Rowena? She calls her just Raven. I found that incredibly irritating. So did I, because all I could think of is the show That's So Raven. And I don't even watch it, but I know of it. <laughs> Never heard of it. I think I've seen one piece of one episode one time, and I, I didn't think anything much of it. But now that's all I can think of when I see the word Raven in this fic. Yeah, you're not missing anything. It's stupid calling somebody by like the. I mean, it just sounds like she's calling her by the first half of her last name. That makes it sound like a bunch of like things. That was something boys do. Here's uh, what I don't get: that because like it's if they Ryan called if they Raven. called Seamus Finn. Yeah. <laughs> Or Finny. Yeah, but I don't, yeah. I don't get well, it. E- even it's Rowena, as she's been written as the sort of the mouthy tomboy here, I could see her doing it to Helga, but not yeah. in reverse. Yeah, calling her Puffy or something. Puffy. <laughs> oh, Puffy. gosh. Puffy. Good old Puffy. Good old Puffy and Puffy. Puffy. No. That makes her sound like, you know, the boarding school stories and you've got the cheerful, chubby kid who never lets anything get her down and she gets, like, the stupid nickname, like, Bunty or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's who she is. Good old Puffy. Helga Puffy. <laughs> you know, she's got the little gold pigtails. She's like Cindy Brady. Here's a story. You know, with a little ringlet. <laughs> Actually, this quote-unquote actress that played Helga in this story is the quote-unquote actress that plays Hannah when I think of the story. Yes. Okay. So when I picture Hannah, Hannah in my head, the same person as Helga in the story. I'm trying to picture Hannah and I'm failing. Is it the one that's... Do we have Hannah in the, in the movies? It's not movie Hannah. It's just... Actually, you know what? Oh, my yeah. head Hannah is the same. If you go on yes. Hannah's page, the lexicon, there's a random drawing. My head Hannah uh, has always been that drawing. Yes, the head Hannah. Helga... Helga Puffy, Huffy Puffy. Is there anything like Head 6 from Battlestar Galactica? I knew you were going to say that because that's what right, I said. Right, it's not even We're talking about Battlestar Galactica. Yes, I yes, haven't seen Aaron, it. I re- Hannah Sorry, Abbott regularly appears and talks to me. Whatever that music is, six shows up. That is not the music. It was like, da 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 da. Ding, 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 ding. 
There we go. That, that red dress. Anyway. Well, I have not seen Battlestar Galactica. I have read Chapter 3 of the fic called Talibur. <laughs> Star of the North. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> are we on Chapter 3 or are we moving on? Yeah, are we now on Chapter 3. Yeah, I have moved us past Chapter 2 because there is nothing more to say about Puffy and Raven. Well, there's one thing I did notice. Helga is the dear, dear friend and introduced Rowena to Muggle Games, insisting that, okay, we're going to go climb trees like you want to do, but you're going to play this game that I know. I don't know yeah. why I liked it particularly, because I'm laughing at everything tonight, but it's in my notes, so I must have liked it while reading it. I, I thought it was good that instead of Rowena thinking, uh, and I had to do all this games, it's obviously she actually enjoyed being introduced to it. I thought that mm-hmm. was refreshing rather than going, she dragged her along and she didn't enjoy it, but she did it. You know, it was more like, oh, this is good. This is new. I've been introduced. It felt refreshing that it wasn't something that she hated. Oh, yeah. They were real friends. Yeah. And she yeah. definitely yeah. demonstrates the loyalty. I mean, this is jumping ahead, but you can see the loyalty of the friendship when she refuses to let her go off on her own with two strange men. Because she's a Hufflepuff. Exactly. That's where you're seeing... And that's what I'm talking about, the good characterization. The Hufflepuffs you know? are very good finders. <laughs> Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Sorry. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get that music out of my head now. Which music? The Galactica music. Yes. And now every time you talk about Helga, I get the, the six music in my head. <laughs> So, anyways. At the beginning of this, all these little things that really give you a clue. The girl no longer resembled a haystack for certain. (laughs) She looked like this before, gangly, scratched. Now she had her auburn hair severely pulled back. Her dress was not ripped. Everything was in place. She held herself differently. Blue certainly complimented her. And the dark (laughs) shade of her dress looked fantastic in contrast to her coppery locks. And then he talks about she had a mouth on her. Never in his life had a woman open her mouth on him. I started Um, to misread that so badly. (laughs) 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 I can see it now. but She was talking, talking to him. She retorted. <laughs> it's very subtle, like the way that JKR built the Harry-Ginny relationship. That You know, mm-hmm. Ginny walks in and she's windswept and Harry notices and he notices the firelight reflecting in her eyes. And this is how we know that Harry notices Ginny. And it's the same. You're not being hit over the head with this. But mm-hmm. the fact that he has looked over her and seen that the colour blue complements her, that her dress is neatly put together, that she's grown up from the gangly child she was. when, And it's all those little subtle clues. It's like, ah, he loves it. But it's subtle. You're not being hit. I'm sick of authors who hit you over the head with everything that you need to know really overtly. He saw her and she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. Like, thank you. That ruined, you know? This this one is, he saw her and she didn't look quite as much like a haystack as she did a few moments before. And then (laughs) he he notes all these other things. And then I like how the the author has several multi-sentence kind of descriptive paragraphs. And then she had a mouth on her. It sticks out. You, you immediately think that that's that's what that's what he's focused on. Suddenly, she has just she is cursing him out, like he has never been cursed out by a woman before. And some sick and twisted part of him just really, really is enjoying it a lot. Well, when you get the last chapter where he and Salazar talk about how the women rule our lives, yeah, I wouldn't dare defy my mother. 
not after she caught me doing this thing. You were eight. Well, I'm still not going to ever defy that woman, you know. <laughs> they think they're so manly. But and in later chapters, you see that the women are actually very influential on them. And you can sort of see that there. He's attracted to that because he actually doesn't want someone who's going to be all submissive and stuff because he's used to being a bit more equal and playing respect to his mother obviously he respects her as a person and as the woman who raised him and 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 those sorts of things so he doesn't want some woman who's just going to do what he says because that's not his experience you know i like the way that it's subtly woven into the story it's obvious from the beginning i think of the fact that um even in the prologue that uh, Godric notices Rowena even when she's a 13 year old kid he doesn't look at, at Helga or whatever her, her age is at the very beginning of the fake the Hufflepuff parents bring out Helga and they're like hey here's our daughter and he doesn't look at this you know this made up daughter he looks up at her friend who's standing next to her in the torn dress and he's like huh that's cool yeah that relationship's kind of set up from the beginning I'm curious to see in later chapters uh, what happens with Salazar and Helga are they going to get together is it going to be they going to have other people Salazar and Helga are getting together nobody can go they- alone be like a kitten and a tiger. It, it seems like it would be, but I don't know. I I, it's, I haven't seen any hints of it yet. Uh, maybe I'm missing them, or maybe they don't exist. No, I I don't see any hints for for Helga Salazar. Actually, it, it's kind of like the default. You know, you feel like it must happen because it's the default. But I don't think that they People are romantically People like attractive. symmetry and equal pairings and even numbers yeah. and all of yeah, that. Yeah, well, it's the same reason Luna and Neville get put together in so many fics. Yeah. Exactly, because you already have Harry, Jenny, and Ron, Hermione, and you have yeah. that, that's the. That is like, something that has always irritated me. Nobody well, can ever be paired up with outside people, or nobody can ever yeah. not have a ship. It's exactly. like when they have forced uh, together the leftovers, and it's usually really incredibly random because it just happens to be whoever's left over. Yeah, because yeah. I quite it's frankly like the thing think Ryan that... brought up in episode ninety-three about the speed dating. <laughs> you just get up and move one chair to the left. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll see. You see that when you, they have Harry, Hermione fixed, because then it has to be Ron, Luna, and Neville, it, Jenny, I'll... because it can't be Ron, Jenny. Oh, yeah. you're yeah. not yeah. reading the right fix. Oh, stop it! Stop okay, we are it. not stop it. not so, talking about. I'm not going to the dark side. Because the old man just wouldn't die. This is where we start to learn about Ambrosius. He's a bit of a cross between Voldemort and Lucius Malfoy without the megaphone. (laughs) (laughs) That sums it up very nicely, actually. But you know what? This is the chapter where I'm reading that disliked Ambrosius, blah, blah, blah. They're talking to Madame Ravenclaw, and she's telling them about it. Then what happened? What happened? Ryan happened. And I just burst out laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Oh, oh, yes. That's all I can think of through these chapters. (laughs) And every time they bring up Lord Ravenclaw, Lord Raven, Ryan, I'm just like, I laughed. I just couldn't help it. And he's not even here. I know. (laughs) Well, it's better that way. Hey, who else at first... Because if he had been here, he would have been monologuing just then, and we wouldn't have had the moment. That actually bothered me, because Ryan's not an old-fashioned name, is it? Uh, I've never heard of him. I don't think so, but I don't know. I'm going to look 
up and see how old the name Ryan is. And let me Google Ryan. But I've never, I've never heard of a Ryan that was, you know, like, like a Ryan it's, from the 1800s or something. Yeah, it's definitely a different name compared to Godric, Rowena, Rosaline, Helga, Salazar. You the know. names of Slytherin's parents are given. The names of Gryffindor's parents. Origin and meaning of the name Ryan. It's for a boy. It is Gaelic in origin, and it means little king. <laughs> its pronunciation is Ryan. It's a form of... <laughs> just tell you. It's a form of Ryan, as in R-I-A-N. Miscellaneous information for Ryan. <laughs> Used in English-speaking countries derived from an Irish surname. Notable Ryans include... <laughs> very boring people. Ryanair is a budget Irish airline. 14th most popular name in the year. This tells me nothing. Where it's from. On behind it the name, Irish. we can find out that actually, I think it's supposed to be pronounced uh, Rian. So, Ryan, you've been pronouncing your name wrong the whole time. Your name is pronounced okay. Rian. Origin Irish, shortened form of Orion, an anglicized form of Gaelic Orion. Descendant of Ryan, <laughs> the king. It's a descendant of the king. It's a common Little surname king. in Ireland. Look at it this way. It doesn't have how old it is, but I'm thinking if Helga Hufflepuff is like in that little Welsh village, and where where is Slytherin from? I don't know. Maybe they needed an Irish founder. Maybe the Ravenclaws are Irish. Oh. Maybe origin of Ryan, meaning of how. It doesn't say how old it is. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, all that is irrelevant because in the chapter, Rowena's father's name is Ryan and he has a sword. And at first I thought, oh, it's the sword of Gryffindor. And then I realized it's actually Ravenclaw, so it's not Gryffindor's sword because Gryffindor would have Gryffindor's sword. Got very confused, but now I'm Did good. anyone else wonder what happened to it? The sword of... Sword? No, the Ravenclaw one. Oh, no, I just assumed we'd learn yeah. about it later. Do you think that maybe this author may have given them all swords since Gryffindor has a sword? Oh, I just thought about that. I am now yeah. interested to find out what happens to this armor and stuff because Rowena finds the box and everything later yeah. on with all the it, It's been built up a bit, so you wonder how significant it's going to be. I am looking forward to finding out about all the metal work. Well, and well I've seen uh, Slytherin with a sword before. Well, yes. they are on sword. That's kind of a standard issue medieval times thing. Well, they were knights. They were in the knights of the Order of the Phoenix. Hufflepuff Who was not on Something's stapling again. Rena. What? <laughs> <laughs> stapling. I have no stapler! <laughs> yes, we have no staplers. We have no, no. staplers today. I- I'm sitting in a chair and... and It's and... probably the chair creaking. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, I was going to talk about swords and armor and metalworky things. He got exiled and didn't want to tell Rowena who he was. Do you think that was fair? Should she have known and been raised knowing who she was and who her father was? I don't quite understand why they kept it from her, to be honest. I think if she'd have been a son, they might have told her because the whole attitude, you know, it goes into this when it was talking about um, Rosalind and her charm work and how they wouldn't support her because men were smarter than women. They might not have thought it was as important for her as a woman to know everything about her father. Her father. Because her father was the one that said, no, don't tell her anything, and it's the mother, right? Or am I reading that backwards? No, I think her father wanted her to know because Rowena thinks, and she says to Helga, he deliberately left this map here for me to find when I was six. And even her mother, Rosalind, suspects that... She will find out because he wrote the third book 
and yeah, he hit it with the armor and she's kind of suspicious and they know Rowena is very intelligent and so I think he sort of wanted her to know and that's why I couldn't quite work out the motive he seemed to want her to know the mother seemed resigned to her knowing I'm like well why didn't they tell her from the beginning maybe, maybe they thought it would influence her growing up letter of the childhood yeah, yeah it's a lot to live up to this your your father being this kind of heroic figure that's a Harry. lot of pressure <laughs> I was about to make that exact same point. This is exactly why Dumbledore wanted Harry exiled from the wizarding world. Wanted him to grow up with a normal childhood, even though he didn't get it. You know, just be a kid, not have to deal with all this. And he feels a lot of pressure when he gets to the wizarding world to live up to his parents. You took the words right out of my mouth. All of this pressure. That's true. I didn't think about it that way. Me either. I just kept saying, they're so mean. Give her the book. Let her read it. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm analyzing on the spot because you're making me think. That's one of those things, though. She seems to take to it very quickly when she finally finds out. She kind of owns it. And I I can't help but wonder if maybe that was part of the plan was maybe, you know, they'll raise her normally and kind of have these values and you can call it thought patterns, maybe, that she has learned. They had a plan, Aaron. They had a plan. Not not like Cylons. They had a plan. Cylons had a plan. It says Ryan did not want her to grow up in that shadow. She doesn't know why we live so much apart from anyone magical. She doesn't know that her father was an exile. Ryan made sure of that. He also made me promise to never tell her who he was before she was born. He did not want I, any reminders of that time. I, I, was, I can kind of see. I just don't get it. <laughs> thinking about it a couple minutes ago, uh, I was almost thinking like maybe he heard a prophecy of some kind, because obviously they, they believe in some sort of divination in this world because Rowena talks about how she doesn't believe in it or whatever, but maybe there was some sort of prophecy he saw where she can't follow after him until she reaches a certain point or until the two gentlemen come from in the middle of a snowstorm or something or some old crone told him never tell your daughter about this, hide it in the woods or something. I thought that would be an interesting idea. I don't think that's actually the case, but um, it almost read well, like see- that to me. Like it says could have been a prophecy, but it says like they wanted her not to grow up in that shadow. I guess uh, what I'm thinking is why would it have been a shadow? I think she would have grown up differently. She might have been more bitter and stuff. Maybe mm. that was the reason. Well, I've been exiled. She may not have gone with them back to the council if she had been raised up the whole time to basically hate the council because they put her in exile. It would have made her a different person. So I think it's probably the right decision that her parents have made. I just wondered why. But you know what I like? They say, okay, and you have to come back with us now. I will not come. And they're like, you will not come? <laughs> they don't understand. What you mean? I did like that. And she's just like, no, nope, I don't care. I'm not coming. <laughs> well, because she's a woman and she's standing up to these men. And it's just like, wait, wait a minute. You're not yes, supposed what do you to mean? And they're probably also thinking, we have to do this because, you know, we're bound by the servitude that we have to do. And- it's interesting because I think at that point they mentioned how Gryffindor and Slytherin, their fathers, after they had died, they had been removed from the council, essentially, and how yeah. they had been made servants of the council and how they could never again get those seats back, at least not in their lifetimes. I can't help but wonder, even though these guys seem like on the outside, you know, they've got together, you know, they're, they're you know, lords and whatever, and, you know, they're dressed in their finery and they go about and they, they talk a good game. They talk about how, oh, he killed Lord Fenwick and all that stuff, but even so, they're so incredulous, why wouldn't you obey the council we have to obey the council you know i can't help but wonder if maybe their spirit hasn't been beaten down a little bit by being well at the very end of chapter three rowena's glare intensified 
each and every moment until with an indignant half she strode off angrily and then godric smiled to himself she was truly the daughter of her father and who is better to change the destinies of the wizarding world other than the warrior's daughter so salazar and godric i don't think they are beaten they know they have to serve because they've been bound or whatever all this magic but they are totally out to change the destiny of the wizarding world i wonder how they knew that because they haven't referenced like what you're saying earlier about a prophecy there must have been something if they knew they were supposed to set out and change destiny i don't think that's just something you decide. I think it's just the arrogance of youth thinking we are going to change the world. We are going to no, take what I has been rightfully denied us. No, I think it's just the fact that they know that they're in servitude and Ambrosius is a mean old coot who is a murderous, treacherous villain and they're looking for any way that they can the whole time to change things because they don't like the way things are. I think it's nothing more than that. And so they've come across this feisty young woman who will be perfect in changing the destiny. I don't think it's got anything to do with the prophecy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They're just on the lookout for ways to get out of being in bondage, basically. This Ambrosius dude expects Madame Ravenclaw just to come back and hand over a research, basically. You know, mm-hmm. And also, at this time, they're being squashed by muggles. They're in hiding from muggles because the muggles have got the upper hand. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole lot wrong with the wizarding world at the moment, and anyone would want to change its destiny, I think. True. And I think a lot of the, the hope of it died when Ryan was exiled and had to abandon his little phoenix knights or whatever yeah. because they were the people that protected them against the muggles and that's why they were succumbing to the muggles now because they didn't have that protection. And Ambrosius seems like the kind of guy who wants to browbeat. He wants whatever Madame Ravenclaw's got. He's threatened by her probably because she's smart. This is me all speculating, but okay. she's smart, so he's threatened by her, but he also wants her under his control where he can direct what she does because they're under threat from the muggles and everything so he needs someone who's smart that he can then pretend that it's all his idea so it's he's all going evil. to conscript her basically yeah it's just all evil and corrupt and bad and there are hints of an evil plan of some kind they mentioned that he's been gathering a number of wizards to his side for some time and some of them hadn't been heard from again they don't really touch too much on what the actual technology of t- transportation is but and we, we find out it is apparition obviously but the idea of this powerful new let's call it technology for the purpose of this having a powerful new technology to, to travel that's very potent in a war and in maintaining control over a population it sounds like there's no overt i don't think nods to it in this because obviously we haven't even met ambrosius yet in person but there seems to be something going on behind the scenes perhaps that we're gonna later see i hope interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and call it now. Ambrosius is collecting all these wizard scholars together so he can create a giant spider with which he's going to help take over the world. <gasps> That's where Aragog came from. Yes, it is. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sorry, giant mechanical spider. There we go. <laughs> wow. Um, I like how Rosalind talks about her lost husband, and I thought that was really good writing. But my point here is, talking about true love, when Puffy comes in to the kitchen with her dressing gown undone and, good morning, she said brightly, like a whole puff. Um, but she has to rearrange her half-open dressing gown into a more respectable position with a slight blush when she saw Salazar. And it says, mm-hmm. Rosalind assumed that her protege simply forgot they had guests. But I'm thinking, is that a subtle way of saying that she was blushing because she likes him? Aww. You know, Rosalind assumes, but is it just because that she likes him? Maybe she wants to be his woman. Perhaps we shall have to uh, read and find out, I guess. We're talking about pairing up just because, but I'm like, see, it might be unrequited. She might, like, love him. 
but he might not be able to get past the fact that she's muggle-born. Perhaps. Good foresight if it turns out to be true. But I think she loves him. Sounds good. just be because she's not used to being around men. I think she deserves better. Why? What's wrong with Slytherin? What's wrong with this Well, no, I mean, if if he's not going to like her because she's muggle-born, then Uh, she deserves better. If he's cool with it, then I wish them well. Well, I don't know necessarily (laughs) if Slytherin's attitude was because of the muggle-born is better, if it's the fact that muggles are untrustworthy and muggle-borns come from muggles and so forth. Right, I think... Yeah. I think it makes more sense at that time because he doesn't know her. He doesn't know if she's going to be like, find her family and make them kill him. Yeah, I think he's justified in being wary of a muggle-born, to be honest. I'm not faulting him for it. I don't find this portrayal of the dude who speaks Puzzlemouth to be in any way distasteful. I think he's a, he's a very nice guy. Yeah. So there you go. Very good. He does, he does have <laughs> a mild... Uh... Mild aversion to, to Muggleborns, but... Uh, it's, it's understandable, just, I think. It, yeah, it's understandable, and it's not like the full-blown kind of hatred that we see in the canon universe where they're like, they have names that they call them and they don't feel they should be included in society. No, it, that doesn't appear to be the case at this time. You know what I think is funny? Me? Speaking of that before, Lil Puffy has adjusted her dressing gown and Rosalind has thought the worst of Godric when her daughter has come stomping in from outside, but he was really collecting firewood, not doing an Anything naughty, and that's all good. But the next thing we know, Salazar starts hissing, and he's got Sandy on his arm. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I actually like it very, very much with the character of Salazar Slytherin because he is known in the canon according to the stories, as Serpent Tongue. You know, we know he's a parcel mouth, and we know he talked to snakes, and he has all kinds of snakes. He has the basilisk down in the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Maybe this is a baby basilisk. Who knows? It's something we definitely do know about his character, and I like that it's illustrated here, and it's already established, and it's not the whole finding a snake. And, oh, what's your name? What's a name, Salazar? (laughs) (laughs) And you know the best part of it? He brings out his little snake. She's like, oh, you're a parcel mouth. Why, yes, this is my best friend. And she's still got, like, little prophecy. She's right. Godric and I will have to stay here until the winter snows, (laughs) right? And so he's got this little fortune-telling snake. And so then Rosalind is like, very well, then we need to sign the house chores. And these strong, burly men with swords and little, like, snakes, you know, they could stick the snake on them. They panic because they have to do chores. (laughs) Well... In the times that we're in, the chores were largely relegated to the role of women. Yeah, fair enough. Certain things like manly tasks of firewood and and so forth. Manly tasks. Who do you think has to upkeep? I just have this picture in my head that these guys are imagining being elbow deep in dishwater, scrubbing the pots and pans, looking at (laughs) each other. Patrick has to wash the breakfast dishes with Rowena. And they're just looking at each other and going, man, how did we get into this? But they're all good with the chores. And Godric and Rowena are getting on each other's nerves. They play chess and they have winter, basically. And then we can go to the I'm glad it's basically summed up and that we don't have day by day of the whole winter. Because it would get very, very tiring after a while of of the constant bickering and we would all grow sick of it and say will you just have sex already it picks out a couple he broke yeah. the bowl she hexed him and they played chess and Good you know they read the book and, and yeah. you just get a picture of the two months that they spend there yeah, without it, having it's not to. overdone. It's very good writing in that sense. 
Something that I had a problem with, actually, in this Chapter 4 here that we're still in, uh, is Rosalind is getting tired of threatening to wash Rowena's mouth out with soap. How come she hasn't just done it already? Because threats lose their effectiveness if you don't carry them out. Well, maybe she doesn't really mean to do it, and she threatens it because normally that stops it, but because she's around Godric all the time, it doesn't stop it, and she doesn't really want to do it. So she stopped doing it because she's realized it's pointless, whereas before the threat would work because the kid would stop. She's also not a kid anymore. Yeah, she's 20. Well, as she tries to say, you know, you still live under my roof, and until you're married, you will do as I tell you. I thought at that moment that she was going to say, all right, let's get married. (laughs) Now I can do what I want. Oh, no. That would have been a little too dramatic, and I wouldn't have liked that. No, I don't think I would have either. You know who I haven't heard from in a while? Aaron. Is he asleep? Nope. Okay, just checking. Aaron, continue. You are never going to let him live that down, are you? Oh no! I don't deserve to. I don't deserve to have it to, to it being lived down. I fell asleep once. I fell asleep in the last episode of um, the Final Reckoning. Just, just be glad that you don't snore, because then they won't let it let you live it down. Chapter five. Chapter five. Chapter five. Marching um, through the chapters, keeping you on track. All right. Go Chapter five. This is just like the peanut. This is when they find when when Rowena finds the book and the armor in the snow, and she uh, reads the entire book before she comes back into the house. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Understand that because it took Salazar like three weeks. What was he reading a page a day? Well, he had all those chores to do. (laughs) She had a nice long six-hour walk. Sure, she did. They found the book as daybreak was was happening. They say that uh, that's when they found the crate. at dusk, like <laughs> she balanced it on her head and absorbed by osmosis. I don't know. <laughs> the point is, by the time she got back, she read it. She read it. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. smart because she's a Ravenclaw. She's, ah. she's Ravenclaws read books fast. That's right. She's quick study. Um, I was going to say something about the armor. It's inter- interesting at this point in the canon. Uh, after book five, the only pieces of. Um, founder lore that we really have as far as items of theirs, we know that Gryffindor had a sword, and he also had a hat. There's no mention of any other items, so it's interesting that the author brings in this armor and these books and all this stuff. The hat being Gryffindor's, is that in canon? Is that canon? It's in one of the sorting hats all. Yes. Oh, see, I haven't read those stereotypes. Oh. This sword was in the hat because it was his hat. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was Gryffindor's hat, but they all put something into the spell, which you would know if you read the thinking I think My like personal canon is that the hat's voice is Gryffindor's voice. I don't know why. That's just something I decided. That would be cool. But wouldn't it make sense, though, in the universe that this author's created, he's a knight, and he's like the hero warrior knight dude. Makes utter perfect sense that he would have, like, this suit of armor that would be really, really important stuff. Yeah. My point was that there's no mythology of items other than the Gryffindor sword and hat to draw upon. There's no, oh, well, Slytherin yeah. always had the, always had the special locket around his neck. They don't mention that. There's not going to be any significance to that because it's after the time, unless, unless the author incorporates it later, which would be kind of interesting, maybe uh, if he has some sort of um, love that's lost or something. Because or, we um, don't find out any of that until the very end of Half-Blood Prince, and we don't even really... Uh, yeah, I suppose it could. What did we say it came out? Half-Blood Prince was out by the time it was finished. Yeah. Yeah. Because we knew about the sword, the locket, and the cup. 
the end of Half Blood Prince. We didn't know about the diadem. No, we didn't know the diadem. I wonder if the cup will come up at some point. Well, see, this is the interesting thing. I don't have a problem with it, but, you know, I think it was Rina was saying before about they're not all come from big money and all that. But I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, well, that's the one thing that doesn't then fit in. Because mm-hmm. obviously, if Hufflepuff had a gold cup, you know, well, but you know what? I don't care. Become rich. Because, oh yeah, I don't care because I like the story the way it is. I like the story the way it is in Chapter Five, where we are right now. <laughs> Excellent. My only note for Chapter Five is that the moral of this chapter is that parents don't always know best. Yeah. Hey now, I have to analyze that stone. Analyze that it's, stone. It's interesting, kind of how statement, the statement. Uh... Statement. We're not talking about rock. <laughs> is there a uh, difference between rocks like and rocks. stones? Yes, stones are little. Little the rocks are big, and um, boulders are bigger, and stones are like, and pebbles are even smaller than stones. See, there's a hierarchy. Yeah. Much like there's a and hierarchy. Gra- gravel is like whereas I am at the top because I'm the one in charge, and I'm talking about chapter five, not geology. Speaking of chapter 5, Keza, yeah. I think it's interesting how, how Rosaline goes almost a 180 from as far as parenting technique from you cannot see this you know, suit of armor or the, the you cannot read this book to, okay, you're a woman, you can go if you want. It, <laughs> it, it seems like she kind of turns on a dime there. Maybe it's just... She um, realized that Rowena was going to go anyways? Perhaps. Yeah, she perhaps. Because well, she already snuck out of the house. Yeah, if your kid sneaks out of the house at midnight, you're like, yeah, I'm really going to be able to keep her here. And also, the other thing that changes, though, is that Salazar and Godric tell her that they're found in servitude and stuff. And she's like, oh, well, why didn't you say so before? You've only been here the whole bloody winter. You'd think that would have come up. It's like the Wizard of Oz when they knock on the door. Who rang that bell? And there actually is a horse that changes colors. It's so awesome. Yeah! I always love that thing. (laughs) That's the best thing in that movie, isn't it? It really is. And the flying monkeys. I always loved flying monkeys. Now die! Die! Oh, I I hate the flying monkeys. Oh, they're so evil. Terrifying. You know what's even scarier than the flying monkeys? Is the guards. In Wizard of Oz? The guys, <laughs> yeah. the guys that like walk back and forth and sing that terrifying song. <laughs> yeah, the oh we oh oh oh. oh. Yeah, I think I think the Wicked Witch of the West has like the great archetypal like maniacal laugh too. Is yeah. she it's, exactly? <laughs> she's got a great she's got a great laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> and I <laughs> And yet Rowena and Helga, actually more so Helga, our little dear friend Puffy. It's much like Glinda, the good witch in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm Glinda, the witch of the North. Speaking of our good friend Puffy, in chapter five. <laughs> in chapter five fig. of the fig. That we're currently covering. Um, <laughs> this is the one where, where Helga kind of shows her... Uh, her stuff, doesn't she? She uh, she refuses to be left <laughs> no, by the wayside. Chapter, 
she, she doesn't show her stuff. She covers back up. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that's chapter four when she brings her dressing. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, past that. Anyway, it's the whole confrontation where they're like, we're going to go. No, I won't let you. But mother, I'm oh, all right. You can go. <laughs> you just have to go. And you, all right. And then Helga's like, wait, there's more. <laughs> it's not sold in any store. <laughs> Only nineteen ninety five, and if you call in the next hour, we'll throw in the slap chopper. The slap chopper. <laughs> one thing I didn't understand. Uh, one thing. <laughs> Only one thing. Um, how is Helga the chaperone? Well, because a woman alone not With appropriate. So there's two women who are much older. Two, so one woman of a certain age is is not appropriate, but one woman and then another woman of an even younger age is appropriate. Well, she's only like, two years younger. Yeah. No, it that is be because the they can age. chaperone each other. They're I not traveling alone. Like that they makes... can share a room. It's it's you know she's not being put in a room by herself, therefore unchaperoned. But she can't go in with them because she's a, a woman and they're men. Uh, I guess married. I just usually think of chaperones as being older, but that's logical to me. But yeah, that's why she says she can't go unchaperoned. That's where she stands up and shows her stuff. I think. Yeah. Because well, I alluded to like, that earlier. It's the loyalty. She's not going to let then, her friend go off and let yeah. her, even her reputation, be stained by this act here. She's going to defend her friend because she's a good Hufflepuff. Um, and, and of course, Slytherin is like, what? Now we have to babysit two women. Two of them. <laughs> what is Godric thinking? <laughs> you know, and she is just like, it says here. Helga was a small person. She did not have a presence that made people notice her. She was quite pretty and did not speak out of turn and was always cheerful. Not that day. <laughs> but that's what I like about Puffy. I, like I just can't get over that you keep calling her Puffy. Good old Puffy. I, I, you know, I think it's stuck. I, I, I'm starting to think of her as Puffy. Now, the only question is, what do we call uh, Gryffindor and Raven? Are we going to call them <laughs> Griff and, Griff and, uh, and, and Sliv? Or, no, uh, under no circumstances Griff. are we going to call him Sally. No. Yeah. Sally. Griff and Rinna. Like, is it like, like the, the horse in a year? Not the horse, the snake in a year like none other. Yes, we're Sal. going to get confused Sal. if we try and call him Sal. Sal. Uh, the horse. Horse. <laughs> the horse of a different color. <laughs> yes. a horse of a di- that's a horse, horse of a different species. <laughs> I don't think Harry could have carried a horse around his arm. <laughs> yeah, you just wind the horse around your bicep. <laughs> Stay there, Ed. <laughs> Actually, you know what I find funny? The horse, Ryan Rowan, Ryan, 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 the Ravenclaw dude, Ryan Ravenclaw. He's <laughs> such a sh- name. I just can't get over it. He needs a new name. <laughs> Lord Raven. He has a horse called Roland. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Everybody starts with an err. And oh. is, isn't oh. Helga's parents, aren't they, is her mum start with a, a H or something? Maybe there's a rule back in those days that you can only marry people who have the same first initial as you. Correct. Yeah. Something like that obviously existed. Although, but, although Salazar's little sister is Dahlia. <laughs> yeah. well, she's not. She's clearly yeah. the black sheep of the family. As, as we're told several times in the text of the story, she's a girl and therefore it doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> On the subject of horses, Godric's horse is bigger than Salazar's horse, and I want to know if this is an insinuation. Salazar and, has a snake. And what, and what this all means is that the larger Rowena needs to ride with Godric for comedic purposes. <laughs> and 
my question on this is, didn't they just use a spell to make the baggage feather light? I call shenanigans on this one. <laughs> oh, come on. You know, they have to get them together for comedic purposes. Oh, that's exactly what it's for. But it's like, I hate when the comedy comes at the expense of logic and plot and something that just happened two paragraphs ago. Hang on, wait, let me see. Where did they cast the Featherlight Charm? Because I don't remember that. I don't have the fic open. Somebody want to back me I up? I do. Let How me dare you. Um... The horses were already settled and the baggage charm to Featherweight. Yep, there you go. But can you charm a person to be Featherlight? I don't see why not. Maybe you can't. If it weren't possible, I just would have appreciated a sentence, a throwaway line that you couldn't, and I would have been see, happy I with it. I didn't even notice that. I mm. think about these things. Now we're getting into the Very physics of magic, well. which on. is kind of a, something that isn't discussed a whole lot in any canon. Very well, Godric said. Helga will ride with me, and you will ride with Salazar, because I want to do you, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Way to read the subtext in there, Kevin. Oh, yes, awesome. <laughs> Salazar likes it. Old. He wants to get better acquainted with Rowena and see what makes her tick. Because that he wants to get with indicates her. he doesn't want to do her. No, he wants to get into her mind. Not oh, okay, there you go. Different, right? They're um, very he different. Likes the, he likes the idea very much, but he had also noticed a major drawback. Nay, an impossibility. Nay. <laughs> I don't like the way he's his little monologue. Why do I have to be so observant? <laughs> it will not work, Godric. Why not? Because my horse is much smaller than yours. And Rowena is, I beg your pardon, <laughs> Rowena, bigger than Helga. It would be for the best if Rowena rides with you. To me, there's nothing like, I didn't notice the featherweight thing and it just it seems logical and makes sense. But the funniest thing is after that, she's like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And then they're both glaring at each other. Oh, they're giving each other a significant glance. Who's getting memory uh, charmed? And Helga's like, it's only for a ride. It's not like we're asking you to marry him. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I'm like, well, oh, see much? <laughs> that yeah, was the, uh, wait for that to happen. I think <laughs> maybe I'm Helga is, is, is sensing the uh, the mood in the air. In the, it's reminded uh, me of Ron Hermione in Goblet of Fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? You can just yeah. see running her money to the I don't want to touch her. Well, it's not like we're asking you to marry her, Ron. Yes, I don't want to marry him. I would rather marry a book than Ron. Yes, thank you, Hermione. <laughs> Hermione book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is legitimate shit here Is it a particular book? It is Hogwarts of History, right? And so that's another reason I think Rowena and Godric remind me more of Hermione and Ron than Harry and Ginny. As far as the relationship goes, definitely. Yeah, I think Godric acts like Ron. And he's got blue eyes like Ron. I didn't think Harry when I was thinking Godric. He's got black hair like Harry, though. (laughs) Well, we all know that Harry is a descendant of Godric Gryffindor, don't we? Yes, we all know that. (laughs) It, It was known. It was common knowledge. Didn't J.K. Rowling say that in an interview, that that Harry was uh, Gryffindor's heir and Neville was Hufflepuff's heir? Oh, okay, you're taking Mickey, gotcha. (laughs) Brilliant! Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Has Godric Gryffindor in this week got black hair? I thought that was Slytherin. I thought in the descriptions that he did. Oh, I don't know. I'm obviously not paying attention. I always say Godric Gryffindor with red hair, but that's because that's what he has in that picture on J.K.R.'s website with his little sword. In, in the picture, Helga has red hair, and I still picture Six. her blonde. Rowena's got auburn hair, which right. is fine with me. 
I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I, I, that's fine. <laughs> I like that she looks good in blue. Although I have to admit that that did actually remind me of Twilight because apparently Edward likes Bella in blue and I was like, oh. But, you know, that's not the author's fault. That's mine for reading Twilight. Well, before we answer that, I think we should address the more important question. How dumb are you? Reading Twilight and not this fic. Right. No, no, I was reading this fic. I haven't read Twilight. Rita, take it away. <laughs> about Twilight or what? No, we don't want to talk about okay. Twilight. I was just saying, the fact that Rowena looks good in blue made me think of Edward and Bella. They have absolutely nothing to do with this fic because the, the vampires, there are no vampires in this fic. So that far. But there are... The vampires in this fic would be like Sanguini, who is not at all like Edward. Right. No. All right. Mm-hmm. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. It stops at, they've walked all through the mud. It was not until a voice cried, who goes there? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Big cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Star of the North does a lot of little cliffhangers at these end of these chapters. What do you guys think about this that? It must have been really annoying when it was a work in progress, because cliffhangers suck. But it's mm-hmm. really good when it's complete and you can just click the next chapter. They make you come yeah. back for more, though. Yeah, as an, oh, as yeah. a writer, I love cliffhangers. Because yeah, I totally love cliffhangers. They're the best. Yeah. Aha, now you will have to come back next week and see what happens to Harry and Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> same Potter time, <laughs> same like Potter like channel. 19, like, a, like a 1930s radio show. Harry and Ginny are about to do it. (laughs) And (laughs) Harry has run out of condoms. Oh, cliffhanger. Actually, did I tell you, I got a review on fanfiction.net. They accused me of shortchanging them. You built this up and built this up. And then when they went and did it, you faded to black. (laughs) We didn't get any details. Yes, because the fic is rated PG. Actually, I rated it higher. I actually got yelled at by one of the reviewers on fanfiction. I rated it M because I don't understand American rating systems, so I just rated it to be safe. And they're like, you know, if it's rated M, you really have to tell us why. What is it about this fic that's rated M and why? Because this is just... And I'm like, I don't know. I just stuck a rating on there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like... Maybe it's not rated M. But, because you, know, you have to be know. mature to understand the things that go on in this fic. Yeah, and as you are like, complaining, you are obviously not mature and should stop yeah, reading. Bye-bye. I'm like, I don't have to tell you why I've rated it M. <laughs> Wouldn't that ruin the plot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Hello, dog. You should have said it was rated M for character death, and then even though there's not really character death in your fic that I recall. You were going to say it was rated M for dogs. (laughs) There is a dog. Hardcore dog content. There's no dogs in my fic, but there is a dog. It's Dora. Yeah. Dora's in the fic. Did anyone die in my fic? Yes. Oh, no. No, that wasn't someone who died. I'm thinking. I um, I don't think anybody died. Nobody died in Kez's fic. Did anyone die in this fic? Not in the first yeah, six Ryan. chapters of the prologue. Ryan died in Yeah, Ryan died. <laughs> in the flashbacks. No, he was dead when the fic started. <laughs> no one is dead yet. Lord Fenwick was killed before the start of the fic. Ryan was killed before the start of the fic. Actually, Ryan was killed after the, Ryan after was the prologue. Ryan killed between the prologue and chapter one. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So there has been death. It has been death, death. but I don't Ryan. think it's Ryan been rated dead. <laughs> Ryan is dead. See, it just Look, makes Ryan. me laugh. I don't know if I can take the character seriously. 
I just, yeah. I just can't believe he's not here. Like he should have been on here when we're talking about him being dead. <laughs> Let's type that in the box and see if that gets his attention. I feel like going. I was just going to see if that would get his attention. <laughs> And it is. Awesome. P.S. Ryan is dead. Ryan. Ryan. Um, what? P.S. Ryan Ravenclaw. I bet you he's going to say, I'm a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. Typing, typing, typing. This is like he's duct taped in the corner like we did to it. At least least I'm not Bob Hufflepuff. (laughs) You know what I should do? I should get on the forum and change his house to Ravenclaw. Yes. I have access. Do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I triple dog dare you to do it, Keza. Yes. I triple dog dare. <laughs> I wonder if I know how. <laughs> if I die, Keza's in charge of the joint. Oh, that is so profound. Well, he's dead, so... You're <laughs> right. The king is dead. Long live the queen. I think we're done. Is there anything left to discuss? No, there's nothing left to discuss. We should take an informal poll as to who we think has just said who goes there at the end of uh, Chapter 6. I think um, it was Cylon Bob. Okay. <laughs> I think it was time-traveling Snape. <laughs> <laughs> no! I don't think it's Ambrosius himself, but one of his henchmen. Do you think it's one of the other council members? Um... Hmm. Possibly, possibly one that he keeps in his little pocket. Like his own personal Lucius Malfoy, perhaps? Yes. That just sounds so dirty. <laughs> think everyone wants their own little personal Lucius Malfoy? If I were female, <laughs> definitely. Ooh, so now, see, are we, say, are we saying, like, if Death Row were female, what kind of guys would he date? <laughs> I don't know about date, but I would definitely find Jason Isaacs attractive. I think he's a physically attractive man as it is. He just doesn't do anything for me sexually. Because he's a dude. <laughs> well, I respect his male beauty. Right. Thank you. I can't work out how to make Ryan into a Ravenclaw. I can't work out how to do it. Well, my vote for who said who's goes there is I think it is uh, uh, zombie Ryan risen from the grave to devour um, I don't know, brains. So what do we have? We have a vote for Zombie Ryan. We have a vote for Time Traveling Snape. We have a vote for Spylon Bob. Who was Kevin's um, vote? Mine was for a um, councilman henchman that he keeps in his little pocket. Brenna. Okay, a pocket henchman. Like a pocket fisherman. Pocket henchman, Zombie Ryan, Zylon Bob, Time Traveling Snape. Rinna, well, who is Rinna? Rinna? What? <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Hi, sorry. <laughs> Good evening. Wait, that, that, at the end of chapter six, it was not long till a voice cried, who goes there? So we're taking a vote on who we think says who goes there. Um, I think Keza from the future. <laughs> Ooh, excellent. Take out the forum. I've changed Ryan to a Ravenclaw. I, hate I did. Ravenclaw. That's awesome. Unspeakably awesome. Oh my gosh. This is going to kill me. Totally worth it, though. Are we ready to wrap up? Or well, are we I, I have a question, actually. Do you uh, think Ryan Ravenclaw would actually be a Ravenclaw? I don't know. I don't know anything. I mean, we have not no, actually, would be... actually met him. 
he's like very he, brave, so he's a bit Gryffindory, isn't he? He did write a book, though, yeah, that indicates Ravenclaw tendencies. But see, Hermione, Hermione's a Gryffindor, and she read a book. I think that the Ravenclaw legacy comes through the female line, though, in that particular house. Mm. Because Rosalind is very smart with the charm work and stuff. And Flitwick is all like the charm dude. And um, obviously Rowena's very smart and they're working out the apparition. I, I think that it not necessarily comes, but I mean, it's his name, isn't it? But it comes from Rowena, so. Okay, so we've voted on who we think is behind the thing. We've changed Ryan to a Ravenclaw and we know the Cylons are involved. Now, what is your prediction? <laughs> I don't know what Cylons are, man. I don't either. What do we think is going to happen? Like our predictions for the future of the fic, like we already think, Godric and Rowena are in They're so gonna do it. They're so gonna do it. I think they're gonna get married and have lots of babies. Like, when she gets in front of the council, that is what I'm looking forward to happening next. I honestly know they're not gonna kill her. They're not gonna kill her, but I'm gonna be like, (laughs) is Ambrosius gonna try and, like, slime ball and get her into his bed? This could happen. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what this council involves. Like, we've got little snippets of it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing it drawn out in all its glory and find out mm-hmm. what exactly is going on and meeting all the little pocket henchmen. And, I'm curious how long uh, it's going to be drawn out before they actually found the school. And they talk about in the, um, what's it called, the Hogwarts of History um, segments, they talk about how crossing Gryffindor and Slytherin was the beginning of the downfall for Ambrosius. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see that, you know, right away. Or what? are we going to see yeah. that, like, down the road in the fifth? Like, are they going to be still serving with the council for a while? I want to see them get their place back on the council. Like, what is that noise? What is that? It sounds like a wounded animal. Rena? Uh, are you okay? What? What's going on? <laughs> It sounded like there was like an evil zombie on the other end of the line. I was was zombie I want to see them get their place back on the council. But that and can't I, happen, can it? It can't. No, it can't. Not with the current so rules, what, at least. But surely they can overthrow everybody and do what they like. Maybe that's do, why they went off to set up the school. If they're magically bound, I don't know if that would yeah, be maybe. possible. I am looking forward to it, and I'm hoping the fic is going to go there to the point at which Salazar Slytherin um, leaves them. Because they seem really tight. Salazar and Godric seem like really good friends. They've been friends since they were kids. It's a good friendship that's built up. I want to see what happens, why it, it falls apart. And so I'm looking forward to the answers to the questions that have been raised, so I'm going to be devastated if they're not answered. But I think that the author has set up a really good plot line, done some fantastic characters, really set up a, an interesting and intricate society that they're in and historical setting. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in the rest of the I agree with everything you just said. Anyone else? Final thoughts? I also agree with everything. Keza, <laughs> <laughs> right on. Rina? Well, I think, well, I, I don't really have much else to say about predictions. I really don't know. Are you looking forward to the rest of the fic? I am. I'm surprised, but I am. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought I was going to hate it. Mm-hmm. And I am just really enjoying it so far, and I want to see where it goes. This fic actually is reminding oh, me. We have finally got Brian's late vote in our poll. He thinks it was Mike. <laughs> I think that's great. So, as a roundup, before we all say goodbye, who we think is behind who goes there? We have one vote for a pocket henchman. That was from me. One vote for Zombie Ryan, which was Aaron. One vote for Cylon Bob, which was P.S. Mm-hmm. Ethel voted for Time Travelling Snape. Rena thinks it's Keza from the future. And Ryan thinks it was Mike trying to buy LSD. (laughs) (laughs) 
doesn't have a state fan. Ryan is a Ravenclaw. Check the forum. (laughs) (laughs) That we're going to put up of the forum because let me change back in the future when you get this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just discovered that he's a Ravenclaw. And anything else happened? Oh, uh, we talked about um, rocks. Fascinating discussions about rocks. All right. Well, with that, I think we should probably wrap up. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to life. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Seems to be working. Yay. So far, so good. Knock on wood. I love that we're going to have that on there. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This is so exciting. I just love this part. The peons are coming. Hey everyone, welcome to PeonCast. I'm Scott. I'm Kayla. I'm Kelly. And I'm Sue. Today we are covering a story called The Thinking Cap, which is a first in a series of stories about what goes on inside the sorting hat. It's by Andrea. It's available on Fiction Alley, where she goes by Andrea13. And there's also an audio fic of it up on PotterFicWeekly.com. We'll put a link up in the show notes. So this was a very interesting fic. It was cute, I thought. I loved it. I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting idea. To have the founders speaking to each other inside the hat. Mm -hmm. At one point, the hat says that Gryffindor put some brains in it, I think in one of the songs. While still alive, they did divide their favorites from the thumb. Yet how to pick the worthy ones when they were dead and gone? "'Twas Gryffindor who found the way, he whipped me off his head. "'The founders put some brains in me, so I could choose instead. "'Now slip me snug around your ears, I've never yet been wrong. "'I'll have a look inside your mind, and tell where you belong.'" But rather than just making the hat itself intelligent, what it is is capturing the founders as they were at that moment and putting their consciousness inside the hat. So every time someone comes up to be sorted, they argue over who gets to have them. Yeah, that was fun to watch him argue over. No, wait, he this is more of a Hufflepuff. No, it's a Gryffindor. No, and then almost arm You always get the Weasleys. (laughs) It was nice to see, like, Salazar Slytherin in there, too, just because, you know, like, when you think back and you picture all the books and stuff, you picture a really mean guy and This is a time, I guess, before when they all still got along. This is before he really had troubles with them. Well, a lot of the stuff that we see, you know, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stereotyped. Mm -hmm. By the time that we see it, you know, it's been 800 years, so. Gryffindors are brave, Ravenclaws are smart, Hufflepuffs do work, and Slytherins are sneaky. sneaky. Yes. (laughs) Yes, they are. They're all a lot more than that. Yeah. It wasn't in this fic. I think in something else I've read, I think Harry was talking to the Sorting Hat, though, or someone was, and they mentioned that 
the founders themselves might not necessarily have gotten sorted into their own houses. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like in our forums. Everybody has at least one other house in them. We get sorted into the house that we have the highest percentage in, but there's always another one that's a really close runner-up. Yeah, your tendencies. Right. I had 89 points for Hufflepuff and 87 for Ravenclaw. So Yeah. See, I was 89% Ravenclaw and like 85% Hufflepuff. See, we're interchangeable. I can't believe you guys remember all that. <laughs> I know, I don't have a clue what mine was. Neither do I. I don't remember the other two, but I remember those because they were so close. Well, I took it like four times, too, before I even got to the forum, so I knew I was a Ravenclaw. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, Slytherin, it was like 42% Slytherin. (laughs) It was way down on the scale. Mm -hmm. Mine, too. (laughs) It's kind of funny, though, too, when you take the quizzes, especially like a lot of the online ones. You can almost tell, like, which of the multiple choice answers are for which house. Do you know what I mean? It depends on who's written them, but it often has things like, you find a sack of galleons on the ground. Do you give it back to its owner? Do you spend it on books? Do you steal it all? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I thought somebody made a very interesting observation in the fact that Potterfic Weekly is kind of atypical of a lot of Harry Potter fan forums on the internet because we are heavily Ravenclaw Hufflepuff leaning and all of the other ones are heavily Gryffindor Slytherin leaning. You know, you don't find Ravenclaw Hufflepuff very much, which is why you don't find merchandise aimed for Ravenclaw Hufflepuff either. It's they're very few and far between. Yeah, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> it's more like the canon. Though. Yes, it is. It is like canon, so. We're an AU of our own. We are. That's right. (laughs) We're unique. (laughs) You can say that again. (laughs) We even have our own sorting hat song. We hold on to the wonder of that world through many pens. And we'll never let go of all the ones we've made our friends And they'll say it's only a podcast But we know it's much more than that It's a community all of its own Where we even have our own sorting hat my nephew is visiting and he saw, I had the forum open and I, I had Hufflepuff house open and he's like, so you're a Hufflepuff? And I said, yes. And he's like, oh, and he waited a little bit and he said something. And I said, do you want to be sorted? And he said, yeah. Aww. So he's eight. And I knew he wouldn't sit through the 110 uh, questions. Yeah. Yeah. There was no way. So I did the Facebook one, the new one that's out right now. That's like five questions. And he sorted into Hufflepuff. Yay. <laughs> Did anyone see where Keza got sorted into Hufflepuff on Facebook? No. Did she? Yeah. <laughs> I almost died. We're way on course. So getting back to the fic here. Oh, is there a fic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What we're looking at here is the sorting hat, and it talks in the voice of the founders inside of itself. You have the the four founders, and then you have the hat. 
And the story is during Potter's first year. So this is his class's sorting. And of course, it starts out with everybody's favorite Hufflepuff. Susan Bones. Yay, Susan Bones. Hannah Abbott. Oh, Hannah Abbott. (laughs) Not Susan Bones. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's what I had up on the screen. (laughs) Susan Bones. Oh. Isn't Hannah the one with boobs? Yes, Hannah is the one with boobs. Ah, yes. Okay. A pixie-ish girl with fat, blonde pigtails approached the hat with mingled awe and excitement. Putting it on her head anxiously, while the whole hall watched, she heard a gravelly voice in her ear. Ah, the first student of the new year. Now where shall I put you? Hmm, such loyalty. Lovely to see. You're surely a Hufflepuff. So it's all the founders talking amongst themselves, but the hat is a separate voice, too, and he's the one that actually says, okay. I believe so. I think they argue back and forth, and the hat says, excuse me! We're trying to sort somebody here. <laughs> right. And they can't hear the founders. They can only hear the hat's voice. Yeah. But the founders can hear the thoughts of the person wearing the hat. They can also look through their minds. You think the cap would get really um overwhelmed with so much going on in its head? No, he just kind of sorts it out. <laughs> and one of the things... And I'm thinking, I hope it's in this particular fit because I've read them all, is that when they first made the hat, each of them put it on so that each of the founders was able to see into each other's heads. That's in one of the later ones in the series, I think. Okay. I just thought that was really interesting. The other thing I have to say is I listened to this on my text reader, and the text reader does not read anything that's capitalized. It spells it. <laughs> oh, so this no. one kept me jumping. Because, so Hufflepuff was... Yeah, it's H-U-F-F-L-A. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, Hufflepuff. I know that one. Oh, badgers, too. Yeah. <laughs> Susan Bones has badgers. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. I love that yeah. part. I like Helga and the badgers. Oh, she has badgers, Helga exclaimed with an impression of hands clapping together excitedly. Ooh, I want her. Is that all you care about, Rowena asked in disbelief. <laughs> of course not. Look at how hardworking she is. She'd be a credit to my house, but she also has badgers. <laughs> She's perfect. Uh, go ahead, take her. <laughs> you can just see her jumping up and down going... <laughs> Badgers! She's got the badgers! Yeah. Oh, yeah, here's a Mandy Brocklehurst, Muggleborn, sniffs Salazar. Yes, you can have her. Uh, I think you really need to work on those prejudices, Salazar, there. Mm-hmm. He amuses me, though. They're my prejudices. I've had them for a thousand years now. <laughs> Besides, I tried to have blood 50 years ago, and look how that turned out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually one of the later ones in the series, is they go back and do Tom Riddle's year. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and then you get to see him talk him into taking a half-blood. <laughs> I like the fact that they're bargaining with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can have this one, I'll take the next one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and Helga gets mad and is going to take whichever next one Godric wants. Right. <laughs> yeah, because Godric keeps... And, and Godric seems to get... Whoever he sets his mind to, no matter who wants that person, if Godric wants him, that's it. Godric gets him. <laughs> Which is a very Gryffindor thing. Yes. It's got the stubbornness down. But then they all have a certain amount of stubbornness, so mm-hmm. <laughs> makes things interesting. Oh, and we 
the part where Seamus is being sorted and they're like, fine, take him then. I hope he loses 20 points a day for you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that Helga wanted was Seamus, which is interesting. You could see it, that almost working for him, but I don't know. It depends on the Seamus. There's been a few different fix with him, so who knows? I like where Hermione comes up and she's like, she memorized, she memorized her textbooks. Her textbooks. <laughs> Everyone wants Hermione. <laughs> Just look at that thirst for knowledge. She's perfect. And then Salazar's all like, ooh, she's certainly one for ambition, such a drive to be the best. A little too rules bounds, but she could overcome that with proper stimulus. Oh, she's muggle-born. <laughs> and then Godric admits that he waits to say until the end so he can annoy the girls. Godric! <laughs> well, after a thousand years, you need to take your fun where you can. <laughs> oh, and then, of course, they're having an argument over her. Of course. Well, and then when she, and then when they listen to her, she's like, I suppose Ravenclaw wouldn't be too bad. Not too bad! <laughs> <laughs> you little ingrate! Which is actually a line of hers from the train scene, I think. She says that to Harry and Ron. Why is it, Helga asked in a low and deadly voice, that everyone seems to have gotten the idea that my house, my loyal, hardworking students, is full of tuffers? Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. It's interesting to notice that the person who prompted that was Neville. Mm-hmm. She's ticked off. Yeah, she's not happy. And Neville shows his bravery over and over again. He's the guy that stands up in the background Mm -hmm. and is the rock that everybody depends on. I love Neville. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really very cool. Mm -hmm. Because he's he's trying to argue himself out of Gryffindor, which gets him further and further into it. Yeah. He doesn't feel he deserves it. And that really fits, I mean, seeing what we see of Neville in the first couple of years, especially just his really poor self-esteem and confidence, everything, kind of sad. I like the, uh, the Salazar's, like, uh, Salazar said slowly, his voice full of disbelief, is he arguing with us? And Neville's going, I don't deserve to be a Gryffindor. I should be a Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Or how Godric said, how he's so brave. He's like, have you seen his family? Look at his grandma. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. His grandmother scares me. Oh, yes. He definitely belongs in Godric's house of India uh, bravery. <laughs> oh, shut up, snake boy. <laughs> Gryffindor! The, the banter is great. Mm-hmm. She really got the banter down. It's really kind of fun. And we have Malfoy. Oh, yes. It's This is like one of my favorite parts. Says, well, I'll just read the paragraph here. Luckily, they didn't come across any terribly questionable students for a bit after Longbottom, giving Helga a chance to repair her injured pride. Salazar was humming slightly, though the sound eerily came across as sort of a hiss. He was still pleased about the Malfoy boy whose cunning and ambition were so clear that Salazar had simply shouted, Mine! And the hat bellowed the answer before any of the others could protest. Slytherin! Not that any of them really wanted to. (laughs) 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 Well, You'll notice, of course, too, we were talking about the fact that you have people who are tendencies of one or the other. Malfoy is 100% Slytherin. There is no question about that. That's true. Nobody even protested. It was just... Let's just do this one. Well, if I remember correctly, they didn't even put the hat on his head. They barely touched him, yeah. 
Yeah, that's in the book, that it only just touched his hair before she took off again. Yeah, well, you know, we don't want to mess that hair up. God forbid. I have to say, I never really pictured Malfoy that way until movie one, but yeah. We have a, a knot. And this is before we knew that knot was Theodore, so knot is Tegan, a young girl instead. Tegan, yeah. Oh. I like that there's a bit of good-natured bickering between Godric and Rowena over a pair of twin girls, resulting in each taking them. Then Helga argued hotly with Godric until Salazar and Rowena both had to step in to play Sally and Perks in Hufflepuff. But see, Godric doesn't always win. Helga did get that one. If they'd still had Bobby, Salazar would sat up and crowed when the hat dropped on the next head. Harry Potter? Harry. A parcel mouth. <laughs> yes. Harry could have been in any of these houses. Oh, yeah, and they would have taken him, all of them. Argued more over him than Hermione. Salazar was all like, oh, a parcel mouth. I haven't seen one in 50 years. It was like, um, red flag connection. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good one. Ooh, and I like this Potter. I remember his father. He was a real little hellion. What an addition to Slytherin. Well, Rowena dragged out the word considerably. He has a fine mind. Mm, he could do well. <laughs> Rowena! Oh, just relax. I'm teasing you. He's a far better Slytherin than Ravenclaw. That's fun. I like their banter. Yeah, their banter is fun. <laughs> Helga, he does have a commendable capacity for loyalty, but I agree. He'll do well with your serpents. He's like, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and then Godric comes in. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you can just picture Godric tapping him on the shoulder. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And then they decide to see what Harry has to say. And of course, there he is sitting there going, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Anything but Slytherin. No, please. <laughs> Godric's trying not to laugh. <laughs> well, if you're sure, better be... Gryffindor! I don't think Helga wanted him. No, Helga pretty much said that he was loyal, but he'd do better in with the mm -hmm. snakes. Mm -hmm. So, and then poor Salazar, he just has to go and mope for a while. Yes. <laughs> I like him in this. He's very... Um... He's personable. He's fun. He's very juvenile at times. Yeah, he's that too. Yeah. He's, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, when he's moving, he's like, not Slytherin anything, but Slytherin Salazar quoted in a high voice. Honestly, what did I do to deserve that? Do you want that alphabetically? Categorically? Categorically. <laughs> or chronologically? Sorry, I not pronounce that word. Categorically. Categorically. I can't categorically. 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 Yeah. You, you got it. <laughs> oh god. Then there's like five minutes out of this bloody hat, Godric, with or without a wand, and I will make you regret every bloody Boys. Helga snapped. <laughs> there are children present. They can't well, hear they us. can't hear us. <laughs> and then they just all crack up. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, are we done with this group yet? Salazar asks irritably a short while later. Mm -hmm. And then about six paragraphs later, they're done. And he's like, what, already? Ronald Weasley. I thought it was really funny with the Weasleys. 
because it was like, you can't have all of them. You took the twins. You took the little boy who (laughs) wanted to be the minister of magic. (laughs) Fine. I'll give you the dragon tamer. That kind of stupidity can only come from a Gryffindor. But you can't have them all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This one is very ambitious. It's like, collect all seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this time it's Helga has to remind them to ask what Ron actually thinks. I know just what to do with you. Gryffindor! Well, and I thought it was interesting how he said, I'll get the next one. Mm-hmm. He still didn't. The next Weezer that comes along, I'm taking. Boy, I can't wait to hear what Ginny Sorting did. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who said it, but they're like, his chief ambition right now is a new set of robes, Salazar. Because <laughs> he's trying to say he'll... Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ron. So cute. Mm-hmm. I know. Poor Ron. It would have been interesting with the twins or Percy and Slytherin, though. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you see the twins and Slytherin? Yay! Oh, that would have been just frightening. I think they would have been way worse. It would have been fun. They probably would have terrorized the whole rest of the house. They're too nice, though. They still have that, like... They're honorable. You know, humanitarian streak. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they had been put into Slytherin, they would have been, there wouldn't have been any restriction on what they were doing. Right. Could you imagine Snape? God. <laughs> Snape would have pink robes like every other oh, day. He'd have gray hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pink robes. Green hair. He wouldn't have black string, he'd have gray stringy <laughs> hair. <laughs> or like one of those vivid, like, just a streak of like those white. Then they'd have to start comparing him to a skunk instead of a bat. bat. (laughs) I can just see it now. They'd be sending toilets home every other day. Oh, boy. So I think this is interesting that we thought, you know, T-Not was a girl in this and Blaze Sabini was a boy. (laughs) Because for a long time, we thought Blaze Mm -hmm. Sabini was a girl. Well, there you go. Although I'm not sure why. I always thought he was a boy. Well, maybe Andrea had come across Blaze before somewhere. Apparently, it is a boy's name. It's just really uncommon, so nobody knew that. Ah. Well, that's the end Mm -hmm. of the fic. They get down to Blaze, and he goes to... Slytherin! It was a very fun fic. It was. I like one of the last lines that Salazar says. Don't try to sound insulted, Godric. Honestly, between the parcel mouth and the Weasley, I may not speak to you for the rest of the year. Do you promise? <laughs> yeah. They have fun. I really like the banter between them. And in the later fix, there's another short one and then there's a longer one. And they actually get to move in that one, which is really interesting to see the hat like scuttling. I have this vision of the hat, you know, like walking on its rim <laughs> as it scuttles through the halls and, and different things. Or so moving like a caterpillar with like middle going up and then. Kind of, or just like the brim kind of goes down and it kind of walks. Oh, yeah. I'm doing the motions with my hands. It's very scary. <laughs> like the way... <laughs> like a sidewinder does. It balances on one side and then it just rolls. Mm-hmm. But it was a cute fic. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing some of the other ones. Yeah, I think that would be fun to continue on a couple more of these. But if anybody listening, <laughs> you know, six months from now, wants to suggest a fic for us to review... Please do. Yes, there will be a Peoncast childboard on Potterfic Weekly. So feel free to leave any comments there or suggest a fic, and we will see what we can do. Yeah. That pretty much wraps it up. I think so. This was The Thinking Cap by Andrea13 on Fiction Alley. See everybody next week. Good night. Good night. 
Good night, everybody. Bye.